before a pajama wrestling tournament, Paul and his team got me back on the mat as quickly as possible. Uh, my drugs of choice are full body cryo and the cryo zone. Chillfit Cryo has allowed me to sleep better due to my shift work and also recover faster from workouts. Some of the benefits of cryotherapy include reduced inflammation and flushing of toxins from the body, increased blood circulation and increased energy, improved sleep quality, targeted rapid injury repair, decreased fatigue and soreness, and a bunch of other things. Chillfit Cryo, recover, reset, restore. They're located on University and the 101 in Tempe. You can find more information about them at their website and on Instagram at chillfitcryo.com. That's C-H-I-L-L-F-I-T-C-R-Y-O. Chillfit Cryo. Recover. Reset. Restore. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Make the Difference Podcast. Today, I have a longtime friend. Uh, we we're trying to figure out when we met, but I think it was like third or fourth grade. So today we have Chad Dunn from Move Performance in the podcast room. Uh, he's going to tell his story. It's an interesting story. Um, comes from a family of BMX racers. Uh, I think his sister was a lot better than he was on a bike. But Still is. <laughs> Still is. <laughs> but uh, Chad, welcome. Introduce yourself. And as always, we've got Chris Stewart and uh, Chris from 40 Volt Media in the room. Appreciate it. Well, my name is Chad Dunn, and I'm uh, the owner of Move Human Performance Center and Physical Therapy. And uh, moved out here from Colorado in uh, 88, I guess it was. I, I, I take that back, 84. And uh, again, BMX was kind of the whole thing. So coming out here to Arizona, my family, uh, be it uh, Four Corners, my dad grew up in Durango, was uh, a bull rider, bronc rider, uh, countryman. I was born in Fort Collins. He went there to play football at CSU. And uh, so that was my place of birth is in Fort Collins, Colorado. So the kind of journey took along there. Um, you know, you always say that's kind of when life was created is when you were born. But uh, again, here at this little story today in the podcast we have today, I got some other stuff we're going to break down. And, and this is just part of everything for myself and growing, too. So my life didn't start until I was about 30. So that's kind of where we're looking at today. So, um, you know, talking to Brandon, and we wrestled together. Uh, matter of fact, I think we even wrestled. We got in a fight together. I think that was I think, it. yeah, in grade school. Yeah, I think yeah. grade school. I think we actually got in a fist fight back and forth, you know, uh, you know, growing up. And, and we always were kind of running around the neighborhood and, and just being knuckleheads. Um, but I guess that's who we both we kind of made both of us today who we are. So... Uh, the stories of who it is and how it is, you know, it'll be great to, great to get some of it out today. Good, good. Well, take us, dude. So where do you want to pick it up from? We show up in Arizona Well, at age whatever? Or? I want to know where you raised BMX here. Well, so at BMX uh, in Colorado, we know, uh, became sponsored, GT BMX, all that. So my sister and I, uh, as I said, Brandon said she was actually the better one of the family. She's mean too. Um, dude. Yeah, she, she didn't want she didn't want to lose to the guys, so she would just compete all day long. So we moved out here. My family had a construction business. Uh, long story short, the recession hit in the '80s, and it was kind of one of those things: do we just stay behind and uh, salvage everything, or do we pack up and go? And my grandparents were out here on my mom's side, so we moved out here and uh, became local racers over at Chandler BMX back in the day. Uh, we also up in Deer Valley BMX with Debbie Kelly. Yeah. Um, so those were kind of the track main tracks. Back in the day, there was Jam BMX on 44th Street and Broadway, right there by the airport. There oh, was I didn't Jam know about BMX. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, they had one there. And, and then also, there was the one out there at Firebird. So they had one at Firebird. So they would just kind of hit around the whole circuit. Obviously, Chandler being the home track. Uh, Arizona racing was great, second to, Colorado, or second to California. Uh, 
factory sponsored again out here. Um, raced all the top national kids, 14, 15, 12, 13X. Um, and a lot of them became Olympians. A lot of them became world champions. Um, so Holly was was Holly a national champion? Yeah, yeah. My yeah. sister, yeah, my sister, she was national champion. Uh, Runner up. She just actually got second place in the worlds like four years ago. Really? Yeah, still yeah, racing? Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. She was still racing. Yeah, she's oh, she'll be fifty this year. So no oh, shit, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. That's yeah. crazy. So uh, you know she, you know the identity of you know rule number one, and this is kind of from a BMX guy, Jason Richardson. You got the gold medal mindset and kind of mental uh, performance coach. Rule number one of being a professional athlete, soon or a just an athlete, sooner or later you're not gonna be playing that sport. What do you do after it? You know, so all been uh, there. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I, I I did what I had to do. I had fun. It made me who I was. We were a bunch of, like I said, a bunch of knuckleheads. We were throwing soap in the sh in the uh, showers, uh, in the fountains downstairs, racing our bikes down the hallways. I mean, <laughs> you knew when the BMX race was coming in town. So uh, started wrestling. You know, my dad obviously a football player uh, and wrestler. So I kind of got into the other traditional sports. BMX was fun because of the extreme aspect of it all. Um, but then I got into other sports. You know, wrestled with Brandon. Um, was one of those things I just like to compete, you know. I, I just like to compete, but I also like fear. You know, I also love adrenaline. So was this in high school that you guys wrestled together? Yeah. Okay. So in, in grade yeah. school, okay. Chad was always a year uh, in front of me. Okay. So, and then we grew up in the same apartment complex. And he's right. Like there was times like he's rambunctious kid. Like I'm a rambunctious kid. Like I remember we're fighting right, like right at the <laughs> apartment complex, <laughs> and we fought until I think dinner. Yeah. <laughs> now would be now would be on World Star Hip Hop. Right. You know what I mean? You'd be famous for doing that instead of the podcast. You'd be over there for doing the fights and the whole thing. And uh, and like that. That's where where kind of we met, and then um, where'd you go to junior high? Did you go to Kyrene Junior High? Uh, yeah, I went to Kyrene Junior High. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. so he was always kind of a year in front of me, and then um, and then in high school, that's when we started wrestling together. And Chad mm -hmm. was always a real natural athlete, um, kind of one of those guys that didn't have to do a shit ton to kind of be good at something. So that's where that's but, where kind of. But that also from. got me in trouble as well, because <laughs> if I would have stayed dialed in a lot more than others. Um, I think I could have had a pretty good career, or whatever. But I just, you know, it, it was fun. It, it taught me the discipline. And it, it taught me everything else I had to do. Matter of fact, you know, I was too small at the time. I wrestled 119 pounds in my freshman year. Wow! Well, I right. did my junior. I wrestled 140. Uh, what would you wrestle? Would you 152? 60, 60s? 71, yeah. 89. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, was a bigger kid. And, you know, in the, the year ahead of me in '91, uh, you know, we had a bunch of uh, Rocky Arredondo and a couple of the other guys that were kind of some badasses around. So. Uh, you know, trying to find a slot in the lineup, you know, mine was always had to go down. So I had to cut weight from, you know, 170, 168, whatever natural weight down to 140. Uh, nowadays, they don't let you do that too much. And then we That's got, a lot for yeah, high school kids, yeah. right? But, but I was fat. I had a chance to uh, do it. Got it right. I had a chance I could do it all. Um, I used to come out of football season 205, cut to like 71. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that was, back, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. back in the day. They were doing all that, you know, so... I had a I we're had not a, saying we're smart. We're saying we yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starving, you know, starving, starving. You know, nowadays I, I think I'd probably just eat all chicken and tuna just to be able to cut weight. You know, but uh, you know, there's ways of doing it all, and, and we try to relate that to the kids now. Matter of fact, uh, Coach Weed is a our client. High school coach. Yeah, our high school coach. He's a client of ours right now. He had double hip replacement. Uh, so all those up downs that he made me do back in the day, and <laughs> now now it's time for that payback. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so this whole circle of life comes around, which again brought us here, you know, uh, from the high school stuff, you know, and and just social media and seeing Brandon shit. I saw him at Thirty One Flavors here just a little bit ago. You yeah, know, that, yeah. That's a reward for working out and working hard. But, um, you know, so I moved out here, did all the BMX stuff, uh, went to school. I knew that uh, I wanted to do something in the sports field. And my dad did construction again, came out here. Uh, when we moved to Arizona, I lived in a KOA campground for about a month wow right uh we, we loaded up a station wagon with a tent trailer and i remember we had our bikes cost more than our car and our bikes cost more than our trailer 
Nothing's changed for me. My bikes wow. are still worth more than my yeah, cars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, that, that, that's you know the sport of it all is you know it's, it's how good can you get, but you know they'll salvage everything. And my mom and dad, you know, they did all that stuff for my sister and I. So, you know, the the having and I hate to say you know, but uh, you know, living in the cul-de-sac of the six-bedroom, the four-story home in Colorado with the basement and all that, uh, waking up you know six, seven, eight, nine years old, having everything that was there to coming out here sitting in a, a campground with no fire. You know, that was home. That was home. It was not like we were camping. That was because it was home. So those those are life lessons that kind of taught me a little bit. Again, again my dad being a cowboy, um, you know, there's there's only one thing that's kind of hard work. This know? old man's fucking tough. Like he's, he always tough, always a tough dude. Like never said a lie. Always had a fucking chew in his mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like a real cowboy. Dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, that was you know my grandfather was the same way, um, but that was the cattle guy, you know. So it was uh, how you do it. They homesteaded in Durango from Omaha, Nebraska. So we still have a ranch in our in our neighborhood or in the name over there. My father does. Uh, so it's, it's just, you know, it, that's just the way of lifestyle. My mom was more of a city girl, so I had both of them. Uh, my grandfather, he was a hustler. He was with Tex Earnhardt, so he, had, uh, <laughs> he was a hustler back in the day with him. So that was kind of a good thing. So I learned both of them. Uh, I, knew, I knew what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to build something, right? Whether it be homes, reef builders, whether it be careers, whether it be people, people roads, whatever it was. I got into construction with my dad, and the day that it was 127 out here, I was putting down asphalt over by Mountain Point High School. We got shut down, and I said, you know what, man? I'm done with this. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a career, and I'm going to do something where I can work inside, air conditioning, <laughs> not around guys. Yeah, not around guys. <laughs> you know? And uh, he said, well, if I taught you to do one thing, that you know, use your brains and not your brawn. So I went to ASU. Um, exercise science and kinesiology was what I wanted to get into. He was going to go to uh, uh, Duke on a physical therapy scholarship, so it was kind of one of the things. Wrestling, obviously, I got hurt, had a shoulder injury, whatever. Uh, that just kind of got me into therapy. My mom worked in the industry, so I kind of branched towards wanting to build people at that time. Uh, really, it was kind of physically. It was kind of physically. Um, so went to ASU. I got a job working at the Q Sports Clubs when they first opened up out okay. here. I remember those. Uh, yeah. Price and Baseline is the kind of first one, and then they went over to Camelback and 32nd Street. So what'd you do there? Uh, I was a fitness instructor. So okay. I, I was the guy up there. You know, uh, you had to be, you had to have a degree and be certified to be a trainer over there. So I kind of took all the baby entry steps of whatever I could do. Matter of fact, I was a spin instructor too for like 12 years. <laughs> you were right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right I didn't on. Even see no, you as a spin instructor. No, 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 because I was not the aerobics instructor that was up there. With, <laughs> you know. Back in the day, they wore the thong leotards too. Yeah, right? so, I was like, I could see you in a pair of those. No, 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 no. Pretty good nose, bro. No, matter of fact, they didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't even have my bike shorts on. You so. did? No, no, no. I wore long, you know, long shorts, board yeah, shorts, yeah. the whole thing, uh, just like the BMX styles. I was not a, I was not a roadie. I was a BMX uh, guy. BMX spin guy. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. For twelve years, I would never guess that. Dude. For twelve years, so my buddy Matt Isaac and I, uh, we worked together at the club. Uh, we, we, you know, we were actually one of the first ones. So Johnny G had the spinning when it first came out, and it all came around to BMX aspect because it was on the the rollers. Right? Okay. So everybody got yeah. on this whole roller thing. That's what it was. Uh, Tinker War is one of the favorite guys. We had raced for Bandito. I know back. who Tinker is. Okay. Yeah. So Tinker was on our team, and uh, Tinker would be riding wheelies up and down on the rollers and all that stuff. Just one of the Holy crazy, fuck, one of the craziest guys out there. So he's a bad cat on a mountain really? bike. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Well, so everybody from the BMX they transitioned over into the mountain biking. Yep. Um, we were not roadies. That's like asking a marathon, a, guy, a sprint guy to go run a marathon. Right? <laughs> it's not going to happen. So J.D. Finney, local guy out here that raced, uh, he was kind of one of our, you know, his mom and dad, tough people, military people and whatnot. Um, you know, he, he was kind of dialed in. So growing up around him, that was kind of a good character to be around at times. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. We still got in trouble and did our things. But uh, with J.D., 
uh, these were one of the things that it, it was just, you're going to go out there and you're going to learn these things and, and you're going to stay around with them all. So we got into doing mountain biking afterwards. Um, Tim Road and Bike Harbor was a, a local bike shop that we rode for. So we all went out here to South Mountain. We started riding. I found out I loved downhill. I hated cross country, right? Yeah, going yeah, up yeah. the mountain sucks. Naturally, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. going up, that, that was just not my forte. Um, I could do it, but I just, I sat there like, I have never trained like this before. I've never had to just get in a low gear and just spin. You know, we're always doing all the speed stuff. So once you got down, you know, shit, it was, I think we got down to uh, uh, South Mountain like 20 minutes or something. We're just flying down it all. Uh, so we did that. We had our first race up in Flagstaff. We thought we were cool. Again, we we're still kids. Uh, we, we went out and pre-rode the track. We, everything was dialed in. The next day, well, that night we went back to the hotel. There happened to be a volleyball convention. How and, old are you at this point? Uh, I think we were 20, 21 at this time. So okay. it was just right out of high school. Still right? completely yep, yep. stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there was, a, there was a volleyball convention there. So we ended up partying all night long, uh, knowing that we had this race the next morning. But, you know, we, we're fine. You know, we've done this. We've trained for this stuff. You know, we, See, I was never short on, uh, on having fun. No, 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 no. no. We, you know, that, it was entertainment. I called it entertainment. Right? It, was, it was always entertainment. Um, so we did. We I think we went to bed at three and we woke up at five to go to the race. You know, knowing that we were going to be fine. Even the pros were with us on our team, so you know they were in bed at I think eight o'clock at night doing what they were doing. But we still did not get the idea that you know you actually had to put in yeah. some preparation for this stuff. You know, still we were invincible. Still, oh yeah, yeah. we're not going to die. Well, we, yeah. we'd wake up and go ride the next day. We wouldn't even go to sleep. We'd go ride the next day. You know, <laughs> um, so been there, done that. We've had it all. Long story short, we get to the race. Uh, we had the track all road and pre-mapped and the whole deal. We get to the end. My water bottle falls out. I was It was the most miserable thing in the world. We're getting passed by these roadies just doing wheelies down the fire road. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is going to be a long day, you know. Uh, we get to the gate where we knew that I had about five miles left of kind of downhill, and there was a track official pointing back up the hill. Now I'm like, oh, shit, they had another three-mile loop to it this year that they didn't know last year. Oh, sure. So there was a wrench kind of thrown into it. I got on a single track. I couldn't pass somebody in front of me. I hit a tree. I mean, it was just disaster unfolding. That was my last mountain bike race. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was not for me, right? So, you needed so, enduro back then for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you had the dual slalom downhill, take me up there. I'm good. Uh, David, uh, Let's see. We had David Coleman, Brian Lopes, Eric Carter. All of those guys transitioned over. I know all those over. names, yeah. Mikey King transitioned over. So I've stayed in contact with a lot of the BMX community. Ryan, currently right now we have Rennie, uh, or B.A. Bernie Anderson. Um, he's in right now. He had a knee replacement, so he's the owner of Bay, uh, USA BMX. So he's got a knee replacement. We're doing the rehab on him. We just talked about all the stuff with the Olympics coming around with Connor and Elise and all those guys. So yeah. I stay up to date with it all just because we're kind of involved with it all. Um, it, it was a big part of my life, you know, it still kind of is just because we're around them all, but on the outside of the performance aspect or what did it do to teach me mentally, you know, that's kind of the big thing. So I'm at ASU going to school. I get a job at uh, a, a physical therapy company. Um, the therapist I worked for, he was at Ohio State, Gary Dershide, one of the best that was out there. Uh, he was just a man. You know, he first day I had a, a World Cup goalie that had torn ACL. I had a safety from the Washington Redskins that just got drafted going in there. So I'm working around these professional athletes. Uh, it was just, it was a dream job. You know? Yeah, that's it, a whole new level, right? Oh, working with new, those folks. Yeah, yeah, I was at, you know, like I said, I was at the health club. And I was still doing stuff at the health club too, but it, I got the job on 32nd Street in Camelback. So I was in the posh area, you know. <laughs> um, I could blend in real well with everybody. Matter of fact, you know, uh, we were partying the Phoenix Open. I got introduced to the Phoenix Open at an early age, you know, and uh I think we Again, never short on fun. No, no, no. I, I think we had a fake ID. Yeah, we had fake IDs we were running through. I can remember this. Corey Pavin was putting, 
and I, I saw he had a Copenhagen uh, can in his back pocket. So I asked him for a chew. So he turned around and gave me a chew. So I thought I was all cool. I thought we had all that. <laughs> uh, so again, I'm not really a too familiar golfer at the time, but we were standing on the hill and this guy goes to swing. And I yell from the top of my lung, shank, right? Everybody in the gallery turns around. We got the Thunderbirds running through us. Uh, so they were, they were kind of the enemies at the time. We hid in the Garcia's tent. We got, I mean, it was just a disaster. Um, but these are my good high school friends that we, we, we would entertain with. We would have fun. Now, mind you, Brandon was over here on the mat. He was wrestling, you know, putting in the work in football and all that. So my athletic friends became my athletic friends. But they were also, I was there to cheer them on because I didn't play at the, you know, at the end of high school. So I was more of the supporter of. Uh, you know, for the football aspect, we, we went out our senior year, Dorian and a bunch of those guys, but uh, we didn't play earlier on. We all went out our senior year, and um, that, that, the, the coach says, you guys probably aren't going to play. So we, we decided that we were going to do our other things, you know. So obviously I stayed with wrestling in high school. That was kind of my major sport. Um, but then, like I said, with college, getting there, helped me out working. And uh, working around all these people, you know, you, you, you get that second class, you know. You, you're down in Scottsdale, you know, you're young, you're around everybody, the house parties that these – 50-year-old guys were having with the 18 to 21-year-old girls that were there. It's still there. Uh, there was no Tinder there. There was actually house parties and all that. So, you know, there was... You had to do it face-to-face. Yeah. -face. I never got to live any of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah like it's a whole other different world to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, the, the, you, know, the, the, you had to actually go out there and meet these people, right? But that was fun because you were entertaining with everybody, so... And Chad's always been a big personality, like, like in a good way, very dynamic, like, you know, like, bigger guy, like, walk into a room, can kind of command... The presence in that room. It's just fun to be around. Like, if there's something fucking crazy to do, he's probably going to be yeah, <laughs> leading the way. Like, Back I, in the day. Not anymore. No, even now I do. I just toned it down. I, I do it a different <laughs> way. So and that, that's where this all comes around. So, um, you know, going out there. And it was because I'm, you know, life's too short. You know, life's too short. Um, you know, everyone says you live once. Not, I don't believe that. You live every day. You know, you only die once. Um, so that's kind of my thing. So how, 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 how far can we push the envelope? I think that's where I actually got in trouble. So, you know, but it all became on a fun level. I'm going to school. I'm getting educated. I'm working hard. I'm doing everything. We're working at the Wrigley Mansion now. Uh, so we're down in the Wrigley Mansion. We're in Phoenix. Uh, we did a lot of cool stuff. A lot of athletes, uh, local kids, Mike Bibby's, Richard Jefferson's. You know, we've had a lot of these kids. Art Dye, uh, the OG of basketball, of AAU basketball. A dear, dear friend of mine who's kind of, Opened up the whole basketball stuff, but that was in the late '90s. Did he work at the Scottsdale Boys and Girls Club? Scottsdale Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. So one of my first job, I was a junior camp counselor at at, uh, at the Scottsdale Boys and Girls Club because I was a club kid. You know, I yep. talked about that. And Art yep. is like some old white dude. Yeah, I didn't know yep. he's such a big deal. Oh yeah. So yeah. So so Art's deal. Um, he grew up in South Side Chicago. He was the white guy growing up in the Caperly Greens, and he loved basketball. So if huh. you had to make the team, you had to shoot for baskets. And he learned how to shoot free throws. And so he always got on a team because you're never going to play if you, you, if you don't have – and he didn't have the athletic ability. He was a hockey guy. To this day, we're still trying to find out. He's about seven – I think he's probably about 77 right now or so. Um, but we're trying to find out his whole story. He, he's one of the most interesting men out there too. Uh, dear friend of mine still to this day. My son calls him granddaddy, you know, grand, godfather or uh, grandfather. So Art was with the Boys and Girls Club. He moved out here from Chicago. Uh, a badass basketball trainer. Uh, had all the top guys from locally. So he was with the Boys and Girls Club. He won the first national champion in basketball with the Scottsdale Boys and Girls Club. Okay. MJ yeah. Nadillo. Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yep. 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 MJ that was kid was actually coming through there when I was 13 as a junior camp counselor. It had been in, fuck, what year would that have been? 80, uh, 88? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yep. in there. yeah. And so he had all those kids that were growing up. So he won a national championship with the Boys and Girls Club. And then he was approached after that 
about having an actual club basketball. That's how club basketball in Arizona okay. kind of got started. Did not know that. that. That's cool. That was way, way, way back in the day. So it came out of the Boys and Girls Club. And back then, he's a goofy looking dude. Like oh, he's still. Like, oh, yeah. oh, they, they say he got the blue eyes. You know what I mean? One blue, <laughs> blue west. You know, but uh, uh, just, a, just a. Awesome, awesome guy. Yeah, uh, give, he'll give you the shirt off the back. Matter of fact, that people's taking a lot of advantage of him over his years lately, just because he's such a nice guy. Uh, Debbie Gaby from the Room Store was one of his big donors for everything that mm -hmm. he's had, um, and so he's had some good backing. He's helped out a lot of these programs. Uh, he's currently right now. He just got last year. Or, yeah, last year was his first head coaching job in high school basketball in like fifty years. At wow. seventy-seven. At huh? seventy-seven, he's, ne awesome. he's never coached high school basketball. Huh. Right until last year, he got a job at Ben Franklin High School in Mesa. It's over by Gateway. Like, Fuck this! Wow. <laughs> well, he, Too much he, politics. Well, yeah. Well, he, you know, he got out of the club stuff, and that was that was kind yeah. of with the disaster of it all. You know, so he got out of that, and uh, he was doing skills training and doing all the working aspects of it all. Um, and so then he got into this coaching job. He's so passionate he can't let it go. Like he was down at moving. We opened up. He's he's helped us get started off the bat. You know, we had a lot of the basketball when I moved over to the East Valley. So we had Art working down there, you know, with Ron, uh, Mike Bibby, Richard Jefferson, all these guys that were down there. And this is just like it was a dream job for me. I'm going to school. I'm thinking, like, maybe I want to do physical therapy. As I got the job involved with all this stuff and doing the fitness stuff, I knew fitness was kind of for me, but it wasn't my passion. I loved, I loved helping people. I, I loved building stuff. So when I got a job with the rehab, watching people come back from ACLs, doing shoulder rehabs, you know, that was just, like, so cool to me. Um, went to ASU my senior, well, I guess credit-wise, it would have been my fourth year, credit-wise, I was still a junior or whatever. Uh, I'm over at ASU, and I decided that, you know what, I'm not going to finish. Right? I'm just going to work right now. Um, my internships were happening. I'm like, why am I going to go work for free when I'm already doing this right now and getting paid for it all? And so I, I, I should not have probably done that at that time. You know, I probably yeah. should have stayed with it all to get my degree from college and all that, exercise science. I was also going for uh, my minor in Spanish. So I do speak Spanish also. Sean Buckley went to high school with us. Uh, he got a job in Mexico City with the Cruz Azul soccer team. And so we're talking I'd like to go down there and, and go to Mexico and, do, and work with the teams and all that. So that was kind of my passion back in the day. Only because of my entertainment days in Rocky Point. <laughs> that, that's how I learned Spanish was going to Rocky Point. <laughs> Something good did come out of Rocky Point then, huh? Yeah, but then they wouldn't let me back in there. I just, <laughs> I just went back like three weeks ago for my first time in 20 years. I think they let me back <laughs> in Rocky Point. You know, so. But uh, no, we, we, again, we had fun. We entertained. But uh, no, Spanish was kind of something that I picked up over there too. So I'm like, shit, this is kind of cool. Now in my industry, Perfect. I can help out all the Spanish-speaking clients that come in, workman's comp, whatever it is. Uh, I open it up for everybody so I can help out the Spanish side. They're, they're not familiar. Uh, Latina Strong Foundation, we have a friend that's with them that would send in patients for me when I was over there. So physical therapy school, I knew I was going to go that, but I didn't, I didn't graduate college. Right? And so now I'm like, well, my cards are all in. I'm going to work. I'm going to hustle. Again, my hustling led to entertainment. Right? <laughs> um, Brandon grew up in the South Side. Yeah. And then he moved over to Tempe. Yeah. I grew up in Tempe, and then I went and hung out on the south side. <laughs> Did it backwards. <laughs> yep. Now, that was in my 20s. That was while I was going to school. That was while I was working. Because there were drugs, there was entertainment, there was a different lifestyle in the south side that uh, 24th Street in Broadway, right? It was kind of yep. where I was at. Super good neighborhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark shit acres over there. Uh, Woods, you know, Wood Street to Rosier and all that back there. Oh, yeah. uh, our buddy had a junkyard on 24th Street in the River Bottom. That was our. Oh, that was his. Uh, was, yeah. Yep, yep. Tony Vigones. Yeah. 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 yeah, his yep. dad, right? Yep, Mac. I think it's still there. Uh, 
great kids. One of the kids was a degenerate uh, uh, hustler, you know, on the streets and whatever. Um, for whatever reason, uh, he pulled in a lot of us, and we started doing shit we shouldn't have done. You know, now, no, mind you, I'm still going to college, or still there, you know, I'm still working, doing my yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. Um, this is kind of when the college started slipping a little bit, right? Because now I'm making money doing other things. I'm still working, right? Um, I'm, I'm, I got a dual income income coming in. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm meeting different people. Matter of fact, I was making a lot of money because I was going to Scottsdale and doing and doubling up on my profits. Um, you know, that, that is kind of how that happened uh, with it all. Knowing that's probably not smart, but then again, I got a lot of the athletes that were coming in town. And I hate to say it, but there was entertainment with them, too. So I could provide it safely for them without them having to get in trouble. Um, and, and so that was kind of where my life kind of was taking a turn. It was the decades of my 20s. How did, the, how did that start? Like, how did like how did you make the decision? Because that's an important, yeah, like, yeah. that's a turning point, like, in your life. To like, like, hey, I'm going to start slinging some shit. Like, uh, you know, as an extreme athlete, man, I love adrenaline. <laughs> right. I love adrenaline. And when we went down there, you know, it started with, like, smoking weed in college. Now, mind you, I never did drugs. I never did drugs in high school. I never did drugs in, high, in college, right? Until my junior year, I started smoking weed. Um, that wasn't really the thing for me because my lungs were always my deal from being Mexican, uh -huh. from racing. Sure. So that really wasn't kind of an, it really wasn't a thing That's for me. That's asthma too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember so, inhaler being around. Yeah. Uh, shit, that was just to keep me from breathing. <laughs> that was the whole tricks we thought we had back in the day, right? Um, but it, that, that wasn't for me. You know, the hustle part was kind of more of it all. So uh, obviously there was, you know, with some of the other drugs, the cocaines and stuff like that was coming around, pills and, and the heroines and all that stuff was never uh, around at that time. So it was more of the cocaine and the crack. That was the crack epidemic too that was still around there because of South Phoenix. Um, I hate to say it, but there was a lot of people that were in Scottsdale that were all connected to this all aspect as well. Oh, for Fortune sure. 500 people, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, don't ever judge a book by its cover. I was the perfect delivery guy. Gotcha. They didn't see it coming, right? Um, and, and so I was not the, the drug dealer that was strung out. I was not the, the, the drug user that was all strung out. I was the guy that was just living life, having fun, entertaining, and walking to the room and, and, and making everybody happy we're in quick and quick cash yeah it, it was a was it a business uh, aspect or a, a business view that you were had at the time do you no think? it was an entertainment view really it totally. was an entertainment well, okay. plus there's probably some you're how old at that time yeah 23 24 yeah okay. you know? yeah. your, your prefrontal cortex still isn't fully developed oh, yeah, at 25 yeah, right, right. Yep. it feels good you walk into a room people know you like, hey, what's up chat's here like, i grew up like in the strip shit. clubs I grew up in the strip clubs. Got right? it, yeah. You know, uh, Mr. Zanzuki over there, the highlighter. Good. You know, <laughs> we, 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 you know my first name. Well, no, yeah. he, well, he's done a lot, and he's been around it, and he's he's done a lot of aspects of it all. You know, the uh, the aspects of the entertainment. Again, we go back to the professional players. Well, that all kind of goes hand in hand together, um, and so that was that was a part that kept me coming back in there. But then again, it, it starts to draw you into that lifestyle, and you start getting away. My workers, the guys that I used to work for, man, you know, I owe them everything in my life. Uh, Warren Anderson was just a great guy. Uh, I know, I, I know Warren. Yep. yep. So I, I worked for Rehab Plus, and I worked for Warren. That's where I worked uh, prior to. Yeah. I worked there for twenty four years. Oh wow. Okay. Even, yeah. even there's there, a good chance we came across one another. Yeah, you probably know a bunch of firemen. Well, so I, so my you know uh, we can get there. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll, yeah. So okay. so going there, I worked with Warren. Um, in two, well, I guess it's probably 98, Rehab Plus started. We worked at the therapy group. Warren did all the sports performance side. Mm -hmm. um, I was just sitting there admiring him, man, because he had everybody and anybody, and I worked beside him and Art. And Mitch Bruning was another therapist that was in there. 
Um, he came out. He was a young kid, just graduated PT school. Uh, Warren and I and, and this guy, Robbie Barrows, we all jumped together. Uh, we opened up Rehab Plus. Mitch and Warren opened up Rehab Plus, and we all came together. Now, mind you, here's how it starts, though. We're all good guys. Now, they, they knew a little bit what was going on, but they're like, Chad, this is not you. They were trying to help give me a job, give me a career to get me out of the hustle aspects. The problem is our first day of work, I looked at Mitch and I said, we're at 2020 North Central. I said, hey, buddy, can you do me a favor when we leave out of here? Um, I don't have a driver's license. It got taken away for a DUI. Can you follow me at least until I get to the freeway? He says, I don't have a driver's license either. Mine was taken away for a DUI. This was going to be a fun relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, oh, this is going to be a fun relationship for us. You know what I mean? So that was, you know, they still, and he was one of my good buddies. I still talk to him. Uh, you know, just the things that we've gone through, the things that we went through. Uh, we've partied to the best of them. I covered for him. He covered for me, you know. Um, uh, there was just things that went around. Uh, we've, we've been there for each other. And, and Warren has always been there left and right. You know, he's the godfather. I don't. I would like to have Warren over here one day to tell his story. Nobody knows his story as well. Um, but I, and I don't know. He, he's just an awesome, awesome, awesome gentleman. So I worked underneath those guys. They had me. Um, they, they had me, man. I was, I was a family member to them, right? And so uh, did I take advantage of that at times? I, I'm sure I probably did just because I was sucked into the other lifestyle as well. How much did that other lifestyle kind of fuck you? Not fuck you up, but like skew your vision towards reality? Oh, it was, it was like, were you walking around with five grand, like in your pocket at all times, 10 grand? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the money was never an issue. Uh, you know, we could go out and it was never the lower level stuff either. You know, it was kind of some of the middleman stuff, um, there too. Now it all started off with a low. Um, but again, like I said, I never really participated in all that stuff. So like being a drug user and all that stuff, that just was not for me. It was the business aspect of it all. Um, now, now there was times also though, towards the tail end of it that I did become the user, you know? Mm. Um, and easy, basically, easy, right? Oh, it's right in front of you. Oh, very easy, very yeah. easy. Yeah, that, that's where the it's happening in the entertainment side of it, right? That's where it's happening on the entertainment yeah. side. Um, there was a brief period where, for Warren and those guys, for about two years, that I still had a job there. I just did not show up. I wasn't there for two years. Wow. I wasn't there. I was running the streets. I got out of here. Uh, my parents came. This is at the tail end when I was using. Um, I, How much were you using? Well, you know, I, uh, I, I never myself, I, I, like I said, the marijuana and all that stuff and the weed was never really there for me um, because, again, like I said, the, the aspects of not smoking. So what happened, I was not a cocaine guy either uh, just due to the fact that I could not breathe. I had a deviated septum from my nose getting busted in the mat so many times. Uh, that was not anything that was good for me on that aspect of it all. Um, so at the very end of it all, what happened is I was smoking crack. Wow. Plain and simple. I was the yeah. white, I was the white crackhead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Did it? Uh, did it hook you the first time you tried it? Oh, it's the best feeling ever. Really? Best <laughs> feeling ever. So good right now that I won't ever do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got it. No. Right? And, and, and that was the that was the aspects of now I'm partying and, and it wasn't the cocaine aspect. But now again, we all know that crack is cocaine. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. but you know, it, so it's all up. Well, I was with the uh, you know there, there was the girls that were in the, the entertainment industry. And uh, they, 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 they said they said I would never do cocaine, but then they would over there and they would hit the crack and whatever, <laughs> right? right? So, okay. um, but that is a that's a dark period of my life. Yeah, you know, it's a dark period of my life. But um, that's why I'm here today with this whole thing, um, because like you said, my life grew up in Colorado, but actually it didn't start until I was out here. Um, my parents came and saved me. Um, I lived on my own in, in in Tempe while I was doing this crackhead moment in my life, doing crackhead shit. Um, you know. From the south side, uh, you know, doing stuff down there, like I'm going up to the windows. Um, I remember my homies that I used to go by from, I was going up to them at this time. 
right? So the, having the money at the very beginning was huge. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but then again, it all starts to fall. Right. It all starts to fall. And that's kind of where, you know, what do you have at that time? You don't have nothing. You know, poor me. I was the victim, you know. To be honest with you, I, I was jacked up and I didn't even give a shit. I didn't even know who the hell it was, you know. And you're 24-ish, yeah, 25 25 ish Yeah, okay. yep. Um, I had uh, two guys in the backseat of my car that we, they were going to go do a, a hustle or a deal with, um, speaking Spanish. Unfortunately, they didn't know I spoke Spanish. So I was taking them uh, 24th Street and McDowell we were on, and they were going to pull into the Circle K, and uh, they were going to slice my throat, steal my car, and take off. Damn. So I looked, and I heard them speaking Spanish, and I understood them all, and so I turned my hat around backward. At least so I had my cardboard brim or something yeah. in case because I seen the guy pull his knife out from the back. right? So then I kind of fitted real quick, and I moved around, and I'm like, I pulled in there real quick, and, and I was going to wait outside. They had to go inside and get something. So as I wait inside, uh, my girlfriend or a girl I was with at the time was back at the hotel with their friend or, or their girlfriend, um, and we were going to go back there and party, get some beer and whatever. So... Uh, as we pulled in there, and I seen this knife being put to my neck, or whatever, uh, I dropped him off real quick, and I got the hell out of there. Yeah, you know, I, I got the hell out. Now I don't know if they could call whatever, so I went right to the hotel room, picked up my friend, man, we got the heck out of there. So it was, it was again, there was adrenaline. That's extreme sports. That's the BMX sports. That's the life of. That's what we lived. The, you know, uh, the hustle. The, everything was involved with all. Everything was involved with that, and that's awesome. You know what I mean? It's a great community over there. Um, you know, they have a great working system over there. It's horrible. It is yeah. disastrous. You know what I mean? But unfortunately, the suburban white kid gets sucked into that. Yeah. All the and time. we see it. I mean, there's, I mean, that's what we do, right? We, like, yep. we see it all the time. We have some buddies that you know that went to that side and never made it back. Yep. I, well, you know, the, the fentanyl now. I mean, uh, to be honest, you know, it is apparent. This all kind of goes in the whole thing with the story today. But, uh, you know, as, as I get through with my little time, my mom and dad, they pull me in. They take everything away from me. My ID, I can't drive. I don't have a car. I don't have nothing. My mom made me do crafts. Right? Thank was, God for them, Because part of my yeah. rehab was doing yeah. crafts. You yeah. know? So they pulled me in. Um, I had to start. How, how'd that go down? They just fucking showed up one day? Because I can tell you. Oh, disaster. Yeah, it was a disaster. You know, uh, doing shit I shouldn't be doing. Wasn't paying. I had a condo. I wasn't paying for that. You know, and, But they were very, you know, they didn't want to see their son fail either. So they were enabling. Yeah. They were enabling. That didn't help me either. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. you know, and so finally it was this time, you know, it was just just shit they just show up one day, yeah. like knock on your door, and they say, don't get it until they get it, right? And yeah, then, then they're and, gonna and help you, yeah, and on denial the whole time for me, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. again, you don't judge, you couldn't tell, you could not tell. I mean, you, you could if you really looked into it all, uh, just by my actions, all this stuff, but I still, I still worked out, I still stayed in shape. Now, don't get me wrong, I did lose weight, I did lose weight, yeah. uh, towards the tail end of it all because the addiction at that time took over for everything. Um, now I'm gonna use the word addiction right now only for that period of my life, okay? At that time, I was addicted to the girls. I was addicted to the gambling. I was addicted to the, 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 the drugs. I was addicted to the lifestyle. But I was also borderline looking at reality of what I had to do for my job is doing exercise science and being a personal trainer because no one's going to ever assume that a personal trainer was a crackhead. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. I was no Shredded. No, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't shredded. I was sucked. I was sucked up. You know, there was a difference. Teaching spin classes. I would, I would go. I would go. We played on a. Uh, there was a full contact football league out here that I, I got in with my buddies. Uh, we were called the Cold Crackers. It was a seven on seven full contact. We had guys from Sanford that played. Our quarterback played at Brown. Uh, we played over at Encanto Park. You know, some of the hood stuff. Whatever. Yeah, like great, great oh, park. No, it was a great neighborhood. <laughs> uh, many of fights happened in the park. Matter of fact, there's a great attorney that's out here that was on our team. He was he's just a, a, a Pittsburgh guy, a hard steel nose, just badass. He was over there boxing a tree before warmups. You know what I mean? Just like we were dumb, just dumb dumbasses yeah. the whole time. We did. <laughs> I, I would take hits of crack before I went and played. 
Yeah, uh, it'd be faster. Like, 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 I wasn't worried about a heart attack. And, it, and yeah. it numbs some stuff, right? No, I think it just jazzed me up. You know, okay. it, it, I had a buddy dumb. that won a state title on crystal meth. Savage. Le- legitimately won a state huh. title on, on crystal meth. Yeah, I That's mean, it, but they, these are the minds of athletes because we are going to do whatever needs possible to win. I don't care if it's in the streets or if it's on the mat or if it's in the field of play. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's the, you know, uh, Robert Kraft, you know, when he got busted in the massage parlor, he thinks he's still winning. Well, that, that's probably not. But, when we, you know, there's a mindset with all this stuff. These professional athletes, you know, the reason right. why they're out there, it's not because we're knuckleheads. It's because something inside of us drives us to want that ultimate satisfaction. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. The dopamine, the serotonin, all, everything that we release, you know, how do we get that to release? Back in the day, I had both of them. I had the drug aspect of it all, which, again, like I said, the worst of it all. I, I just jumped full forge. I went right into crack. You know what I mean? Like, that was wild. Yeah, you're um, not a halfway guy. No, 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 no. I, you know, it's either all in or all out, <laughs> right. um, which helps me now, right? Because there's sure, two. Yeah. Well, because there's only two things now. You know, I use the word addiction, um, and as I said, I'll kind of keep that going with the word addiction. But um, so, anyways, as I'm going, my parents they take me out. I got this addict. I'm an addict. I got this. Did they problem. show up at your condo? They showed say, up at hey, my car and they said, "You're with me. Let's go. go." Okay, yep, done for. Whatever. Um, I did what I had to do for about the seven days so I can get out of the house and go get more. Yep. Common, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I, I've got, I've got this. I've got this figured out, mom. Yeah. But that, hey, I, I understand what I did wrong. I got this. Right. right. Boom. Oh nope, that didn't happen. Right. So now again, there's another relapse. So long story. I did it all for about a good month. I did the 30 days to break a habit. Uh, I got a job. I was working with a F and F construction company mm-hmm. out here. Yep. Right. Um, I was working with them doing rubberized asphalt. So yeah, they do roads. They yeah. do all the road stuff. So I got into that. Obviously, like I said, I liked the building. My dad got me into that from prior, so I had experience. Um, I, I had to get away from the athletic side of it all. I had to get away from the entertainment side of it all, right? So I had to get something different. So I'm working out here. We had a hot plant. We are doing all this stuff, doing great job. Uh, summertime comes. Arizona shuts down because of the heat. But we have work in California to go to. And FNF, they also do work over there in Cal- with Caltrans and all that in California. So I, I asked them, I said, you know, they asked me, they said, we'd well, be willing to go to California. I said, yeah, let's go. Where do we go? And they said, well, we're going to put you over there. There's a place called Oakland, California you're going to go to, home of the rock. I was definitely like, I'm all in. Let's go. I went to Oakland. I went to the gas station the first night and saw the first brother sitting on the corner, and I asked him if he could give me some crack. He's like, yep. Boom. I got you. Yeah. He goes, man, you a popo, man. You in a popo. I'm in a white company truck and all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> right? I'm like, shit, don't judge the book. No, 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 man. I'm not a cop, man. No, I'm just a, I'm one of you guys, man. You know, hey, I'm, I'm an man. Hook me up. Hook me up. So now I'm in Oakland, California. White truck, white guy, smoking crack with a homie. You know what I mean? From the gas station. Not good. But I showed up to work. I never, ne- it never affected my work. This never affected my work. You're right? awake. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm there and I'm hustling, you know, and doing? I'm doing everything that I had to do uh, at this time. Again, obviously with Warren and my, my two little period there, that was a break that I took um, in there. And, and they understood. They understood. It was time for me to get right or for me to find out what I needed, what I wanted Sounds in my like life. Good guy. They sound like really good guys. Great guys. Yeah. Great guys. You know, great guys. Um, so I, I went to the construction side. I ended up in Oakland, California. Not good. <laughs> I come back here, right? So now uh, I'm back with Warren and those. I'm helping out. I'm doing some things. Um, I had a brief period of time where I was working for O Premium Waters out mm-hmm. here, which O Premium Waters was a subsidiary of the Q Health Clubs. Okay. Uh, uh, Leonazio, Mr. Leon- John Leonazio, uh, also with Massage Envy. They all kind of own those, the whole brothers, they own that area. I was given an exemplary award, employee award from those guys back in like 99 
for just work ethic and showing up and doing all that stuff. You could not be a trainer without being degreed and certified over there. But my latter years at the Q, just due to me being me and working and knowing the people and the skills, they let me be one of the trainers there. So for my last year and a half, I was over there. Uh, I was one of the certified trainers uh, without with the degree. Okay, cool. So that guy started also letting me know. I worked with people. I had a master's, and I was making the same amount of money as them. I'm like, well, why the fuck would I go to school? You're the spin you know, class guy, dude. Of yeah, I, I was the spin. <laughs> I, yeah, I was the spin guy. I, I, had, I had everybody over there jamming, riding the speedos. Um, and, so, and so when all of this happens, um, you know, it's just I, 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 I got to figure this out, man. I got to figure this out. So I started working again. Um, I'm back with Warren, uh, doing everything. We're jamming. My high school friends, uh, they're, they're still doing some stupid shit back and forth. One of my friends came over from Hawaii, and uh, they were working with some guys, and they were wondering about how they could get some stuff, some drugs back over to Hawaii, right? Kind of hard. Uh, we had some things going back and forth. Again, me, I was, I knew them just because we hung out and partied with them all. Entertainment, again, entertainment aspect yeah. of it all. And these dudes, not bad guys, just they're, even in high school, like, I was kind of, I don't know, Chad can call me bullshit, Chad can call bullshit or not, but I was probably more a little more straight-laced than Chad or whatever, just because, for whatever reason. But these dudes, they're always up to something shady in high school. Like, you just, like, you just, they're always up to something bad. Like, never trusted them, like, you know, that that kind of deal. So, it's not terribly surprising that, that, that and, and Chad, it was, you kind of. I got sucked in again there. Yeah, but, but you kind of, you kind of worked in multiple circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like that wasn't your yeah, main Yeah, you could group. relate to a bunch of different groups. I, well, I knew yeah. that wasn't, I knew that yeah. wasn't me, but they were fun. They, yeah, they were yeah, fun. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, they were fun, yeah. right? Football, that, that took too much dedication, right? I was too small. I was getting my ass kicked every day, you know, so physically that wasn't for me. Uh, wrestling, I loved wrestling, but then again, at the same time, it's like, you know, the dedication, the desire, everything to put in, you know, uh, my senior year, it was the year I didn't wrestle, I had a shoulder deal, and so I just said, no, I'm done. I don't, I'm not, mentally, I was not into that. Um, but I still stayed involved with everything, you know, so it, again, that just made it to where my time was more valuable, you know, yeah. like we had such a competitive high school. Uh, with all the guys over there. Yeah. I mean, there was so much testosterone flowing between the, you know, the 91s, the 92s, the 93s. I mean, it was, but that was, that was what fun high school stuff was. It's not nowadays where all these kids are just sissy asses, you know, the whole deal. <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, people being bullied. We got bullied every day, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, we right. bullied every By day. each other. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you weren't getting bullied, you weren't part of us, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I hate to say yeah. it. And we weren't doing it bullying in a bad way, so people don't get offensive on that. I, you know, they, you know, they were getting some of the stuff here. I'm not here to touch emotions today. Um, but I mean, that was that's life, man. That's yeah, life. Yeah. You know, I grew up. My dad, like I said, a boy. My sister could kick my ass, right? She has legs Tough, bigger than. Dude. Oh, she has yeah. legs bigger than me just from riding the bikes. I, I remember. You know, I, I took a light bulb and stuck it on her leg one day. That was my only defense. You know, without a lamp, <laughs> it was a straight light bulb to the leg. You know, my dad put my ass up and down. But those dudes um, were always just into some kind of trouble. Yeah, like it, and yeah. like and it's funny too because. Like a couple of them, they had the reputation of being like tough guys. I'm like, I will mop those motherfuckers up and down this fucking street any fucking day. I'm like, bring it. Like, come on. Like, because they never wrestled and everything like that, but they're just kind of real edgy dudes that were always into fucking something. And they yeah. Were, yeah, they, they, yeah, they're just knuckleheads. It was just straight knuckleheads. Yeah. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I think a lot of them, well, and again, I don't associate with any of them uh, now, unfortunately. Um, I, as we were doing all this stuff, this is, I'm going to go to 2003 now, probably 2002. So, you know, <laughs> high school or graduation of college would have been in 96, 97. Um, now I'm working, I'm jamming, uh, late 2000s, about 2000 exactly. I was on my hiatus from working and doing all that. I was in the streets working and running around and doing what I had to do. Went to San Francisco, went to Napa, uh, was in Oakland, kind of worked that whole area over there. 
Um, I made I ran the hot plants for FNF while I was on crack. Right. Yeah. It was wow. a nighttime job. Perfect. It was perfect yeah, opportunity, yeah. right? Um, it, nothing happened. You know, uh, at the latter end of it all, uh, we had an oil pipe that blew up on me. I had the hot gloves on and long sleeve shirt, and I had an oil burn on my hand. Right, so they took me over to uh, Alameda. I took me to, took me to the hospital over there in Berkeley, the burn unit. The burn unit doctor was over in California, over in San Francisco. So they kept me there. I said, "No, just send me back to my hotel that night." Uh, I had Percocets, right? <laughs> I'm good. Yep. So I was like, "I'm fine. You know, I'll come back tomorrow." I woke up. I went back. I took about four Percocets. I laid down. I took a hit of crack. Uh, my fingers were like solidified blisters, just Damn. all on the top of my hand, on the side of it all. I went back there to the hospital the next day. Uh, I got a job. I got a flight back here so I can go to Maricopa Burn Unit. And they, they, they looked at it all and they said, we got to get all that off. You know, you had some secondary yeah. burns and stuff in there. So, uh, again, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, what was I thinking at that time? So, that could have been bad, right? It could have been bad. So, I took what happened with that. Um, I, I did what I had to do. I came back here. I'm working again. Now, my friends are doing the stuff that I was doing. I had nothing to do with them. Um, I was working, but now as they would travel back and forth from Hawaii, there was a whole thing. I don't want to get too much into that just because of the, the magnitude of it all. Sure. I um, think they did, somebody did a, a news deal on they, it. It's in the news. It's in the news. It's yeah. called Operation Shaved Ice. Yeah, that's what it was. Hmm. But yeah. I think like 60 Minutes did something on it too. Yeah. Something, something big came out at yeah, one time. They, yeah, there was uh, there was three of us from Arizona that got, that got indicted, and there was 48 in Hawaii, or 49, 52 wow. people that got indicted. Uh, my buddy, uh, they had him as one of the kingpins of the whole case. Uh, they had the other guy was a, a kingpin slash mule. Uh, and then they got me as a mule for money laundering. So my plead, my plead was for money laundering. Uh, obviously, there was some um, big things going back and forth. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, my sentencing time came now. When I got arrested... Yeah, because can we step back? Because I yeah. remember reading about yeah. it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a little yeah. insight. I'll give you this. Yeah. This is this is where it all goes. So, uh, who who's the fifty year the fifty year captain that was just telling the story? Oh, Adam Kyle. Adam, okay. Adam. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. so, I'm, so I'm listening to his right. Uh, you know the drinking aspects. You know, getting drunk before the SATs. You know that, that you know that that's awesome. I love it. You know because there was again there's everybody's kind of covered up with some things there. Uh, you know, with your stuff, I didn't know that you went into the military late either. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I so I listened to yours. Yeah. Um, so, again, I like to do my homework, and I'll do a little bit of stuff. That's why I asked Brendan about these things. So I'm trying to, you know, find out everything else. And so what happens here, uh, what changes your life, right? That is, I guess, where we're at with this whole aspect from today. And even what I have for my future, that's where the story's coming out today. You've got the branches of the military. You've got the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and the penitentiary. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, Adam, oh, what's his name? Kyazo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he went, he went into the Airborne. Right, he wanted to jump yeah. out of planes, fear, adrenaline, right, lifestyle. You went in late, you know, you said, fuck, let's go all in, right? Mm -hmm. I went in late also. I went into the prison system. <laughs> I had the other federal employees. You get, you, I was a private as well. When I went in there. Uh, so what happened? I was getting ready. This is, long story short, uh, there was a, a money that needed to come over from Hawaii. Uh, this has been going on for years. This whole thing has been going on. The magnitude is pretty big. Um, I know what's going on, but I'm away from it because I'm working now and I'm back doing my stuff, right? Um, I, I had an opportunity to go to Hawaii, bring back some money. So I was, I was paid to do this as well. Um, there was an aspect where 
money had to just be brought back and how were you going to do it they were sending it over from hawaii but again too many red flags as this kept on going on so then the part of the whole program was they send people from arizona or from the, the mainland back over to the islands again don't judge a book by its cover they're not going to stop me in the airport yeah it is what it is right I don't, I don't look like it all now some of the hawaiian guys they look like you know like run dmc they had the gold chain yeah. watches all stuff but that's not me you know i mean uh, what i've always been is who i always am i wear vans every day yeah. you know what, are you six um, one six two yeah, six two yeah, yeah six, six two, two blonde kid two, walking yeah. walking through <laughs> walking uh, through yeah. looks like a surfer yeah i had yeah. a backpack on board yeah. shorts flip-flops and the whole thing you know yeah. uh, um they're, they're not going to search me whatever so i hang out over there uh, long story short i bring back some money uh, three months later, I was getting ready for work, getting ready to go. Uh, I looked out my front window this time. You know, I'm still kind of in between uh, finding myself. And I'm a late, you know, bouncing around from house to house. I was at my parents' house at this time. Um, again, finding myself. I was a single bachelor. I loved to have fun, you know, entertain, party, and all that stuff. But with my troubles, I kept regressing and then having to go regress and grow, regress and grow. So my parents, again, they always helped me out. They, I, I say enabling now, you know, but again, they loved. They said it was love. It was yeah. just what you do for your kids. Um, th my dad and I, who's a big kid, he, he's a tough guy. We got in two fist fights. Um, I'm not proud of them at all. One was we were both drunk. That's the last time that I drank the uh, Cisco's. Remember back in the day, the Cisco's? Wow. They, I, they, people were talking about four locos. We could, used to drink the Cisco's. That was like oh, liquid, yeah. liquid anger right there. I was never an anger guy. Uh, angry guy. Um, again, I wrestled just because it was fun. I liked competition. I liked beating people's ass, you know, without getting in trouble type deal. But I was never an angry guy. It was just a challenge for me, right? Um, my dad came home and, and he, he he was drinking too as well, and it was kind of part of all. And he was an adult, and, and I was a, a seventeen year old kid um, that got chest up to my dad. Uh, he whipped my ass the first time. The first time he got me, uh, I didn't think there would be a second time. Um, but due to my behaviors and stuff, this and that, um, I had a, a a car that was stolen while I was down there doing a drug deal in South Phoenix. I went back to go take revenge, per se, um, and I had, I had to get a car. So I told my dad I was going to take his car. No way, wonder, whatever, you know, and he goes over my dead body. So long story short, ended up getting in the fight. Um, that night I got taken to jail, uh, a domestic violence deal. Uh, I had a warrant out for my arrest. Uh, they bailed me out like six. No, no, no. I take that back. This is the last time they did not bail me out at that time. They didn't bail me out that time. I was in the county jail for like maybe four weeks or so, as as a youth type deal too. You know what I mean? So at seventeen at that time, uh, I take it back. It wasn't seventeen. I was twenty one because that's when this was kind of going to college. Um, so there were some issues with the law at that time, but it was never. Again, don't judge me. I'm not a bad guy. I just get caught up in these situations. Nah, people do stupid shit. I, I, it's stupid shit. Just yeah. part of the story. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. We know yeah. plenty of firemen yeah, this yeah. time in jail. Yeah, well, people well, in general. Well, yeah, that, and that's what I want right now because you know is that you know this world right now that we live in. It, it, here's the deal. It's so, it's it's like, people just want to people see people succeed. Succeed. It is what it is. You know. Um, and there's so many stories out there. I, to be honest with you, if I would go back and do all this stuff, I'd probably go into the fire department. Right, I'd probably yeah. do firefighting back yeah. in the day. Just because I, I could just see myself as just being one of the guys over yep. there doing everything, and I think that probably could have got me out of that area at that time. Um, so, as again, as I'm all over this, so here's what happens. I'm getting ready. I'm going to work. Um, it was not the missionaries at my door. It was the marshals. Okay. Was this, was it one event, and you only did it the one time? I only did it the one time. God I damn, went over that to some bad I went, fucking luck. I went over to Hawaii. I knew what was going on with everybody. I can Bring say that mic closer to your face, buddy. There you go. I can say I can say it now, uh, because it's all my cases all over with and everything's done. Um, I went over there. I brought back one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. 
What does that look like? What does that look like in a yeah, backpack? Never seen I it don't know. in my it, life. It, this is the only time that I wore biker shorts. Because <laughs> I, I, I stuffed it inside my shorts. Wow. And, I, and I put in board shorts. So I had 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 around each leg. Right? I had board shorts on. I had flip-flops on and a T-shirt. Walked through the metal detector. I had a backpack on. Right? Walked through the metal detector in Hawaii. Uh, boarded my plane. Came back out here to Phoenix. Went to my destination, delivered my package, went about my business. Hmm. Three months later, unbeknownst to me, seven, six forty-five in the morning, I look out my window, and I see about uh, let's see, I think there was maybe three black vans, uh, shields coming, yeah. guns coming, they're yep. coming for you. Uh, <laughs> Chandler police. Matter of fact, some of my friends were there that are now in the Chandler police department <laughs> were there. Wow. Uh, Phoenix police was there. Uh, there was a guy that we ended up became a good friend of mine that was with the airport busts and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, he was in my house. Um, you had a party. Oh yeah, we had a party. <laughs> now the, the, uh, they they grabbed me. My mother was there. Uh, they grabbed me out the front door. And matter of fact, I went to open the front door because I didn't want them busting it down because yeah. it was my parents' house. And the next thing you know, I was down on the ground with an AR-15 in my head saying, don't move. Is what it is. Someone, had, someone obviously ratted you out. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Right. Like, someone ratted you out for sure. Yeah. One-time well, deal? like One-time deal. Three yep. months later, someone's like, yeah, yeah So I, I, go, I go to the police car after, you know, they had me down. They, they, they cuffed me, whatever it is. I still, I, I, like, I, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I did not think it was from the Hawaii aspect of it all. Uh, I, I just didn't even think about that at all. Um, I go to the cop car, and there are my two other friends in the back of the cop car. Oh, shit. Not good. Yeah. I think I know what's going on now. Yeah. Right. Um, now, with this whole thing, uh, they take us down to the federal system downtown. Yeah, this is very much, this is federal marshals. This, this is, is federal, a federal This deal. is a yep. federal case because yeah. it's, yep. it's over the state lines. Yep. yep. Um, and I again, I have no idea. I'm used to some state stuff where you're gonna go there and call your parents, are gonna bail you out and get well, you plus, out here. Well, plus, like, there's a bunch of other shit that you did that you could get in trouble for. So, like, there, like, yeah, why there, would you think about like that? That's gonna be the thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there was some stuff in there, you know. Uh, that was that was just again shit that you could have been around. I mean, yeah. it is what it is, you know. So when I saw my friends in the back of the car, I go, oh, I, I know exactly what this is. And so did they. They left us in the cop car for three hours in the back. Yeah. It's okay. We, I mean, I'm sure. We, I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, I'm yeah. sure there was a reason. Yeah, and we didn't say nothing because of just, again, the magnitude of what was going on. Uh, we go to court down here. They say no bail. Damn. No bail. Wow. I got a job to get to tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Not today. Yeah. Uh, they take us to FCC Transfer Center down in Florence, right? So it's a major federal transfer center. It's yep. a third party corporations of America ran it all. Uh, in there with murderers. You're in there with uh, the worst. You're in there with the worst of the worst. You're in there with, uh, I mean, it, it's everybody. We're in a pod of 30 inmates. Um, some of them are fucked up. Like some. one toilet type shit? Yeah, one toilet. Yeah, one toilet. Oh, there, there's like, uh, I think, 10, 12, 15 bunk beds in there. Um, half Spanish, half white. Good thing you can speak Spanish. Good thing I can speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, the problem is, is that the Spanish people that were in there, uh, they were the cartel. Oh, Jesus. They were all federal crimes, right? Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. A lot of these guys that were bringing stuff over. Now, there was a bunch of couriers and everybody, too. Um, a lot of the uh, uh, whites that were in there were a lot of the uh, Hell's Angels, the Aryan Brotherhoods were not in that. They're in the state system, so we had some of the Hell's Angels from doing some of that stuff. Uh, this was not my cup of tea. You no. know, I lived this on the streets, and I wanted to get get out of here. You know, right. and I was at that change of my life when I was trying to do something. Now this happened. 
uh, being comfortable with, again, some little issues with the law, I knew that something had to be done, right? Uh, so we were getting ready to go see the judge again for the second time to get bail. One of my buddies, his, uh, his, he got to put his house up collateral. So his parents did that, or his friend and brother did all that stuff. Uh, I was hoping that I was going to get that option because I knew my parents were going to do that because they were going to enable me. So before we went to go see the judge, they boarded us to Sky Harbor Airport. We went on Con Air. Damn. And I went on Con Air to Oklahoma City. Timothy McVeigh, Damn. right? The major federal transfer center yeah. down in Oklahoma. Uh, I was you over there. like, what the fuck is we went right. On? We went right from the airplane right to jail. You didn't even touch ground. That's savage, right? dude. It, it, was, it was like, it was awesome for me. I was like, dude, this is badass. This is a whole, now I'm going to live a whole nother life. <laughs> Jesus. Right? Like, this is, this is, this is something that, now don't get me wrong, I'm scared of shit. Roll it off. Right? Yeah, right. right. But fear for me makes you do what you have to do. Yeah. Right? It, it, your life's against the wall. Um, so now I'm over here. I mean, I'm, I'm with uh, Ku Klux Klan people from the South, right? I'm with a guy I'm playing Scrabble with. He puts down W-A-T-C-H-D-U on the Scrabble board when we're playing. I'm like, what in the fuck is this? Yeah. He's like, it's what'd you do? do yeah. What'd you do? Phonetically. I'm like, no, no, no. But these are, the, these are the people that are there. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, uh, uh, again, any... Abortion bombing building, you know, these people are in there. I mean, and, and it's different level. There's no security at this time. We're private. It's like you're all thrown in there as one. Um, so I knew that I had to get out of here somehow, somewhere. I've lived it. I'm like, dude, this is, this is not for me. Uh, so, again, trying to see the judge, right, to see what's going to happen. We get ready to go see a judge. Boom. Next thing you know, they send me to San Bernardino County, Riverside. Right now, I'm at Riverside County Jail. So another plane ride. To another plane ride, Con Air. Right now, mind you, in the Con Air, here's one of the things. Yeah, can I hear about the plane? Because I, I, I want to hear, like, like what it looks like. So this whole, so, so with this whole story, I got a, I'm hoping there's going to be a book coming out with this whole thing after. So I got a big story to tell, right? Just because of, of just who it is and how this all unfolds and where it's at today. So it's basically coming from, from, from whatever. You can go from, from convict to CEO or something like that is right. where we're going to have about with the stories in between. Um, but as I'm on Con Air, these are old boneyard planes, right, that are broken down. Flying out of Oklahoma City, one of the pieces of the wing fell off one time. Now, I, I, was, there, I was there twice. Uh, uh, one time, the wing fell off. They kept on going. Now, the inmates, you're shackled from your wrist to your wrist around your waist and your feet, right? Now, you're also padlocked to the floor. Are you in a chair or you're, standing? You're, no, no, you're in, like regular, a yeah, yeah, okay. you know, you're in regular chairs. Yeah, it's, a, it's just an old gutted out plane, right? You got your chairs there, but they have eyelets to the floor that you're chained to. Okay. So there's no getting up, there's no moving, there's no unruliness. Um, these planes are not, I wouldn't say they're probably the safest, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're running on thin air and they're running on what's left of them all. Yeah. The marshals have parachutes on their backs, right? You know, they, some, they're over there in some of these areas, they're just jamming around. Um, so savage. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it stuff happens. You're, you're there, I mean, and they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. Which is, I love it now that I was in that side because when I hear these kids complain right now, I'm like, dude, you have no freaking idea. None. Right? And they're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe me because they're not going to look at me and say that this is a convicted felon. Right. This is not somebody there. You, you probably had this posh lifestyle. Yeah, I was in the federal system as well. Like when we went there, when I was convicted, I went to a minimal security prison because they didn't put me in Leavenworth. I was not one of those major criminals. I was not anything there. Well, uh, first offense, too. First, oh, first offense. Now, I did not help myself out a little bit. So uh, <laughs> I, I get to San Bernardino County. That's a transfer center before we get to Hawaii. 
Uh, oh, they're sending you all the way back so, there? Yeah, I got to okay. go to Hawaii now. That's right. what I'm, I'm trying to like, what the hell's going on? I'm just trying to see a judge. I have no idea. And I went to Oklahoma, now I'm in California, right? And, and, and you can't get no answers. I mean, it's right. it's hurry up and wait. And, yeah. and again, they're not supposed to give you no fucking answers. Don't go there. Right, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? For, I mean sure. for all these guys that are inmates and the people listening to this thing, it's very easy. If you don't want to be around it, don't fucking go there. That's what, it, I, that's it, what I tell our guys. Do not get put in the system. It, it is not there to help you out. No, it's not. And if you do it, and, and you're going to have to do your time to get out of it all. Yeah. Uh, there's no one way whatsoever i violated my pre-trial probation twice oh, fuck. so i finally get to how so i so i finally get to i got this thing just keeps going so <laughs> so i finally get to hawaii um me and my buddy they ask you all the questions when you get there you know how's everything are your health and you know da 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 uh have you ever thought about committing suicide no you know all these things all right go to the next holding cell so i go over there um, i'm with my buddy the whole time right and now we kind of you know we, we know what's going on uh stories about whatever's going down we, we don't have those stories because here's the whole thing we're such true brotherhoods we're not going to say shit it is what it is you know it's the whole merit thing uh i'm your guy you're my guy uh we we both got in trouble it is what it is the magnitude of this i'm not saying nothing you know I, again the word snitch comes in there i don't like to use the word snitch or whatever but no that just i'm a man of my words I'm a man of my words. Even even in the worst situations and in my worst case situation, I'm still a man of my words. So we go over there. Next thing you know, I see my friend with a mask on. They're wheeling his ass down the down the hallway. I'm like, what in the hell did he do? Uh, well, you know, during these times, everyone has bad thoughts. And I guess he responded to the question. He ever thought about committing suicide. He's like, hell yeah, right now. And they put the mask on him. They put oh, him in the chair. They put, they put him into the loony one, right? They had the padded walls and the whole deal. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> So now I'm in a, a holding prison cell in Hawaii, looking at the ocean, right? I'm downtown, I'm at Honolulu. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, man. I got palm trees outside. I'm in prison, a holding cell, jail type deal. Uh, my buddy goes to see the judge, no bail. I'm like, oh, this is not good. Um, if you ever want to see good fights happen too, Tongans and Samoans oh, but, locked yeah. inside, right? I mean... The prison in Hawaii was the best because the, these guys are beasts. Now, like I said, I'm 6'2", 220. I'm not small. Uh, I was very small over there. I was yeah, very those small. guys are giants. Oh, they're, they're crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, and if they don't get their food, they will riot. Uh, so it was actually kind of uh, a cool little thing, man, because the c conditions over there was just beautiful. You know, Unfortunately, in the worst-case scenarios, they were good. So my buddy gets no bail. Uh, I get up to see the judge, and the judge grants me $25,000 bail. That's 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 doable. Yeah, that's you know? easy. Yeah. Uh, they told me I was looking at thirty to life because of the magnitude of this whole crime, right? And this is a one-time deal. I'm I'm scared, right? Not not for me, like for my family. Uh, I'd be fucking scared for me. Well, I mean, no, I, mean, no, I, I, I was because this is again, though, this is a part of I don't get scared and shit, right? And people say, why don't you get stressed? Uh, because if I can't change it, man, I'm not gonna stress on it all, right? Yeah. Uh, I got a tail in the side right here from wrestling. I got the impetigo and the fucking right. herpes shit from, from Puckwin when mm -hmm. we were wrestling. So Dirty stress time, yeah, so, so stressing, stress at that time comes out, uh, or in sun. So I was out in the sun, I got some comeback. But I don't stress because of this whole stuff. That also happens in high school. So when I get in these distressed situations, uh, the cops are chasing you through South Phoenix. You're not stressed right now because yeah. you know what? You've been here before. Yeah, you've been here before. Um, so to put me in stressful situations, I'll do anything. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'll go put the fire out. Yeah, it's super unique because, like, for me, I've been in a lot of hairy situations, whatever. And I there's fear, but I like to tell people all the time, like, courage isn't the absence of fear; it's acting, you know, yeah. in that and being able to perform in that when you do have some fear. So, no, that yeah, a certain level how, of how comfort you, being able to do it. Too. Well, yeah, for how, sure. how do you react and how do you respond? You know, that's kind of one of the things I do right now. How do you react yeah. and how do you respond? Well, I reacted very easily. I just stayed cool. 
Yeah. Right? Because I wasn't going to lose my composure against all these other prisoners because I don't know who the hell they are. You hear stories. And trust me, there were some bad motherfuckers in there. There were some bad guys killers, in there. Some real oh, killers. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was no, I got, I got sent on Con Air. One of the guys sitting next to me, uh, he, I thought he shaved his legs and shaved his arm. He goes, no, he goes, I just come from the USP in Colorado, Florence. The, ex, the ex-prison over there, the Supermax, he was underground for 17 years. Whoa. Right, so he robbed museums back in the 80s. He goes, I never did drugs. If you ever do drugs, you sell drugs, you're going to get caught every time. Every time you're going to get caught. He goes, I knew that was not my crime. My crime was to go through and I would whack the fat security guard smoking a cigarette in the front. And I'd go in there and and I'd take like King uh, Tut's cup or something. I'd take something of a priceless value. And then I'd have him Western Union, me the money, no questions asked, and I'd get away with this stuff. So in 80, he was, long story, he, he, he was on a, he was in the cop car, uh, old like uh, Dukes and Hazard, you know what I mean? They had yeah, yeah. He got, somehow got the cuff off, the, the cuff off, and he got the patrol officer, cuffed him, put him in the back, and took off in the cop car, patrol car down the road. Uh, the guy did have time to call it in, so he's getting chased, there's a roadblock, uh, he gets away. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, it was badass. And so, yeah, that's yeah. movie shit right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so he was right next to me, and so there was a lot of like lessons to it. I'm just listening to stuff, because I'm curious, I'm learning every day. For even sure. Even so now, I just, like I said, I just turned 47 the other day, I'm in 47th grade. Today? Yeah, no, no, last, oh, Tuesday, okay. last Tuesday. Right. Happy birthday. Yeah, so 47th grade, this is kind of part of my curriculum this year, because I'm going into mental performance coaching, um, also from the sports performance, everything else. So that's where this whole story kind of folds with it all. Uh, why don't you have any fears when you're in these situations? Because the mindset, man, I've always been mentally strong, but that, sometimes that's my worst enemy, right? Sometimes that's my worst enemy. So how do I use that? Uh, how do I use that to actually help others do it all too? So that's kind of what uh, this whole, you know, make a difference podcast is for right now, you know, and striving to be the best. And that's kind of where we're at. So I get bail. I get $25,000 bail. Who puts up it? So I call home. Uh, I finally get a call home. Obviously, it's a collect call. I didn't know, but my grandmother was in town. She answered the phone, <laughs> right? And she acted like she didn't know nothing. Or my mom got the phone real quick, whatever. Uh, all of a sudden, I know I got my bail out. I'm in downtown Honolulu. Uh, they, they confiscate everything when you get arrested. They take everything. I mean, everything. How do I get back to the mainland without an ID? Because you got to get on the plane. Yeah. They took all my shit. I got no money. I got no nothing. What year is this? Uh, this this is post. Uh, I'm at 2002. 2000, okay. No, 2003. Yep, okay, 2003. Yep, 2003. So again, 9/11 stuff. So uh, I'm sitting there. I have a, an ID, an old ID at my house. Uh, I got an attorney appointed to me. Badass. Uh, it was a pro diem, a, a pro diem guy. Uh, so or a pro, a pro temp. So he was able to actually come in. He was a, a real attorney, not a public defender or whatever. So I felt grateful for that. Um, I went to his office downtown Honolulu. He gives me 50 bucks and gives me my ID and a plane ticket to get back to the mainland. So I'm standing down there. They release me in some Z Cavarici jeans. I got a Hawaii <laughs> shirt and flip-flops. Nice. And this is not what I'm going to... And just me, because, I, again, I, that just, just who I am, I got 50 bucks. I stop at Ross Discount Store right there. I buy me a fucking pair of board shorts, a long sleeve T-shirt, and then I go to the airport. I'm not wearing Z Cavarici jeans and some shirt. This is just not... That's not me. That's not my style, right? That's the first thing I thought about when I get out of jail down there. Uh, not not going to get a beer, not none of that stuff. I'm yeah. like, I got to be comfortable on this plane ride home because this could be my last one <laughs> without being on Con Air again, you know. So I get home. I'm fighting my case. Uh, long story short, uh, nothing is going back and forth because they're trying to get all the interrogations, the detective work. They're doing all the, the, the discovery work. Uh, it was on CNN, this whole case. was. It, it was a big-time deal. Um, I lay low because, come to find out, they have nothing on me. They have phone conversations of my name being in there, but it wasn't anything that I did. They have pictures of me walking through the airport. 
with a backpack on. So they were doing surveillance at that time. They saw me getting dropped off at the airport. So they were under surveillance the time three months prior when I went to Hawaii. Uh, there was a gentleman part of the thing on the big island that got busted. Um, he didn't say nothing. And so the whole thing continued to grow. They just built evidence behind it all. Um, so they had photos. That was it. Thankfully, they did not stop me in that airport. Yeah. That, right. would, that would have been the first time in my life I probably would have been fucking scared. Yeah. Right? They'd have got you for sure. I, how yeah. do you explain $160,000? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're, why are you wearing bike shorts, sir? Yeah. Because <laughs> I teach spin. Because I teach spin. Right? Go to uh, spin class right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, but still, they have no evidence on me. Right? Now, do you tell your attorney everything or not? That was my other question. You know, do you tell your attorney everything? You know, I'm a man of my word. And I always said that. So I tell him, here's what happens, right? Now it's up to you to defend me. You know, I had $160,000 on me. Now with the federal system, there's a guidelines that they do for your rating of your crime. No bueno. So I didn't know that at the time. I probably wouldn't have said nothing because it could have come back and got me at the very end of it all. Um, so we fought this case. Um, I was bailed out. I had pre-child. I could not drink. I could not do anything, which that was not a problem. Now, in my times of college, uh, my times of entertainment industry, of running around in Scottsdale and, and running with the athletes, uh, I got four DUIs prior to this arrest. Damn. Now, nothing was malicious. Yeah. Um, I was down in Scottsdale, and I had to drive home to Chandler. Yeah. Right? I mean, it is what it is. And it, and, and it was no harm, no foul at that time. Got to get a breakfast burrito well, in the morning. I, I, got a DUI, I got a DUI the next morning going to work. I, got, I blew a .08 the next morning going to work. You're um, doing it. Well, we, we were drinking sake bombers. <laughs> we were drinking sake bombers up at those gringos the night before and all that shit. So, you know, that all kind of came together. So I, I was I, I was my worst enemy at those times, you know, but I was also my best friend and I was, you know, I, I, I was my wingman. You know, I mean, I was always doing something. So I get on this whole case. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fearful now of what's going to happen because you never know, man. 30 years to life is what you're looking at. Long fucking time. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's go all out. Let's party. Right. So I'm not allowed to be drinking. I get another DUI on pre-child release. Oh, fuck. Oh. Can't get out of your own way. No, 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 no. You can't. No. And again, at that time, it was one of these things where I don't care. And if yeah. you don't care, you're, you're definitely going to spiral the drain. For and sure. that, that's what I was doing. Um, matter of fact, Mitch bailed me out. With my buddies I was working with, right. Warren, Warren. They, they know all this stuff. These are my good guys. These are how good these guys are. Those for dudes me. are family. They are, they are like, they are my brothers. You know, they're yeah. my brotherhood. They helped me through everything. Um, and it was always my good, comfortable place that I could go to. They obviously saw something in you. Potential. Yeah. Right? But, but here's the definite, I always use the definition of potential, and we always do too. You haven't yeah. done shit lately. Right. Yeah, exactly. Everybody got potential, <laughs> but if you haven't done shit lately, you ain't got no fucking potential. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so for me, uh, obviously people saw potential. I knew I had potential but i also knew that i had a lot of fun uh, and so those early days there's a book out there called the defining decades and it talks about your 20s what you're going to do in your 20s is what you're probably going to be for your life this is my time to look and say that's not who i'm going to be i'm trying to, it's time to change it's time to change um so preach out of release i got the dui um, so they don't keep you in uh, uh when i got when i got uh, my pre-trial release on that one Went to court, and unfortunately, the, 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 the judge and my public defender, or not the public defender out here in Houston, the, the, the district attorney, they had their facts all wrong and whatever. To my behalf, the judge looked and said, man, you guys don't know what you're doing. Release them. <laughs> Perfect. I got another chance. I'm free, dog. Jeez. So I got released. I'm out of here. Go back to work, working, doing all this stuff. 
Um, now, mind you, uh, I got the DUIs and the, the license is suspended. I got to work permits, you know, and to do that stuff or whatever. Um, uh, driving home, I was watching Floyd Mayweather and Arturo Gatti fighting, mm -hmm. right? Doing shot. We were playing quarters with 151. <laughs> right? We were at Bourbon Street. We were, at the oh, we were at Bourbon Street. We were at the Highlighter. We were coming back around. Uh, yeah. This is about 2, 3 in the morning. Uh, I, I, I could not stay there, so I had to get out. Man, I had to get home. Now, we were at house party at this time. It was about, about 2.30 in the morning. Uh, last thing I remember, I got on the 202, and I was driving down the road. I got onto the 101 going southbound, and I just poof, I see these sparks and all this shit. Man. I'm like, what the hell was that? So I get off the freeway. I didn't, hit, I didn't see no other cars spinning, no other lights spinning, and all that. I knew I was going the right way because we didn't have wrong-way drivers then. How the heck I wasn't one of them? I mean, how they do it now is hard because I was annihilated a couple times, right. uh, a bunch of times. Uh, and I never drove the wrong way. So I don't know the, the mindset of these people now. It's like hard to find. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't thoroughly understand that I, one I don't, either. I don't, yeah. either. I don't I really understand don't. it. I mean, I've been in the worst situations. And now, mind you, uh, at the end of this, I'll tally it up. I got six DUIs. My last one, the felony one that I got, I was on the, the restricted driver's license. When I, I know what I did. I drifted all the way over to the concrete sidewalk. Oh, it just melted the whole side of my truck, right? I got off. Uh, I, I got off by. I think if you'd have been in the RX-7, that wouldn't have been a problem. It would have been all right. No, 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 that was the V-Bag. Right? Well, yeah, she had an RX-7 in high school, red one. Yeah, yeah, high school. We ran that, backed that one into a pool. We called it the V-Bag. Uh, you know, so, so those were the times, too. And uh, matter of, you know, we, I went to Dobson. I got off the freeway. And how I got off the freeway, I have no idea. I pulled over in the neighborhood on Dobson and baselines. I live over here in kind of the Dobson branch area. And my whole front tire is gone. The whole side of my truck is just melted. Uh, I don't see nothing. All of a sudden, I see like Mesa police and all this stuff come up. So I chuck my keys, you know, and they pull up. What happened? I, well, it looked like the truck's got a flat tire to me. You know, he said, were you driving? I go, no, I wasn't driving. I'm not allowed to. You know, I got a suspended driver's license, da-da-da-da-da. My friend or some guy I met at the bar was, he took off one going. Uh, now my excuses for my shit starting to come in, too. Uh, I thought I could get away with it. And he goes, hey, Mr. Dunn, you see that car back there with the lights on? He goes, they've been following you for the last five miles off of that freeway. <laughs> oh, fuck shit yeah right uh how do i tell this to my pretrial officer how do i explain this now when i'm on probation for this felony case for my feds you know but i did not care at that time i did not care because whatever happened I, i've been waiting for so long this is a month a year and a half i've been on pretrial release wow so it was kind of getting dragged out so i was kind of over it at this time if you would have just kind of heard him gave me my sentence it would have been much better i wish they would have then that's not um, how they work though you know yeah. that's not how they work they're going to continue to do everything Thankfully, uh, the main guy from Hawaii, he the money that was told that he gave me was not the correct value, so I got a safety valve for it all. Unfortunately, I was not the safety valve because I done fucked my shit up, you know, on yeah. pre-child release. So uh, I'm at work. Uh, we just got back from lunch. Warren and now there, we're sitting there talking. These two people walk in the front door, and Warren goes over there to meet them all. And uh, I see him point me, yeah, right back here. So Warren comes back. I thought it was the next agent, or I thought it was somebody that was coming in to introduce the new athlete or somebody that we were going to work with. I stood up, and I said, how you guys doing? My name's Chad. They grabbed me real quick, turned around. It was the marshals. Oh, <laughs> here we go. They marched me out the back door. Uh, they marched out the back door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah at least they did. Uh, we had a girl there. You know, she just looked, and she was just stoked. She didn't have no expression at all. Like, nothing could phase me. You know, the shit that I brought to these, I mean, it was amazing. I was so just thankful that they even gave me a job there still. I mean, but, the, but those are my guys, you know, those are my yeah. guys. So I, I, I do, even to this day, man, I still owe everything to those guys. Um, so I get to Hawaii. They release me from my violation 
right? They released me to come back. I got to have a violation hearing on this whole thing, but they released me to come back to Phoenix. Now, mind you, I got the DUI too. You're a lucky motherfucker, dude. Straight up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's but, lot, but that's, but a lot that, of luck coming your way. And that also led to my demise too. Right. right? That led sure. to my downfall. Absolutely. Um, I, I come back here. One of our good high school friends was became an attorney, Jason Keller. He partied with me also. He knew everything that was going around with both sides of the crime. So he was my representation. So he didn't have the smoothest transition either. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. So was he was he was he in, in it at that time? What so he was doing his attorney work. Okay. Um he was doing everything that he had to do. Uh we had it planned out. I could not get sentenced with a prior felony on either of the two cases because then I would have been a felon with a convicted felony. Mm-hmm. So with masterminding and being, again, having a man of plan, if you do not have a plan, you're going to fail, right? Fail to plan, plan to fail. I had a plan on this. I'm going to get out of something every time, right? Because that's what's happened. That's been my pattern. That's been what's going on. I'm going to get sentenced on the both days, on the same day, right? So now I don't have that happen. So it's not going to get into the paperwork. It's not going to get into the systems. Um, I could not get it to be that day. I got the judge on my state case to run my time concurrent, if I get time, with my federal case. Okay. And they wanted to give me eight months in prison for the DUI. Okay. So. It's a long time back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not, yeah but but six of them? Yeah. Shit, I was lucky I was even not that. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Um, and thankfully, I didn't hurt nobody. I really do. I look back, thankfully, I did not hurt nobody. But it was not, I was not the malicious guy. I was the fun guy. Yeah. I was the fun guy. I'm not leaving my car because I got to go to work the next day. Yeah. Right? I wasn't the guy that would just get fucked up and decide I'm driving. I had responsibilities to do. Unfortunately, my fun entertainment, and at that time, the word addiction got into my head. Right? And, and it was, that was just what I could not beat it. I could not beat it. Um, but again, I had the two lives. I had the two lives. I had the parties, and I also had my successful life. I was doing what I had to do for the work and trying to maintain that. It was just getting hindered a little bit. Never really affect. I mean, it did affect. Obviously, we look back now, it did affect. Yeah. Um, but I still went there and gave them my best, you know, and they still obviously was enough for them to keep me there and do whatever. So I do say that that was very helpful for it all. Um, I fly to Hawaii, right? Let me take this back here. Um, I get out. I get released for my pre-child stuff, right? Now I got the violation hearing. Brian Barnes, good high school friend of ours, picks me up and says, let's go have a drink. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Ugh. Right? I've got a violation hearing coming up no matter what. So I go to this bar, Dirty Drummer in Tempe. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Uh, I meet this bartender. Her name's Jackie. Right? And I told Jackie the first day there that I'm going to marry you. And she goes, get the fuck out of here. Now, mind you, my buddy and I, not supposed to be drinking, but we were shammered, right? Because yeah. I'm going to drink all these feelings out now. That was to numb myself. That was to get out of there all, yeah. right? Uh, I, I, drugs, the crack and all that stuff, that wasn't a thing for me, right? I, I had that done and whatever. Uh, I, it, so at this time, that's all That's all done. Me. Yeah, that's okay. all behind me. Yeah, that was a lifestyle all behind me. Now it's just now I got a bigger animal in front of me. How right? did you stop that? Cold turkey. Okay. Cold turkey. I believe just that. Just your choice. I, I, yeah. You know, the last time, like I said, the guys had the knife to my neck and whatever, man. You don't want to go in there. Uh, I, I had to get the heck out of there. That sure. was my last time. Um, and so, you know, I'll go back on that briefly. You know, we had those things, and I was just over there. I was running around. It was a good period, about a year and a half. Um, and it was a, a, a real dark side, you know. I mean, shit, scrounging for money, uh, uh, stealing, robbing. Robbing for my parents at that time, you know, which yeah. I hate liars and I hate thieves. Right? So I never really lied, but and I never th- stole. I took one of my dad's childhood shotguns and sold it. Again, there's another crime. For right? sure. Thankfully, I did not get in trouble for that. Right? He, he, he called the cops, and the cops were there for it all. 
Um, so that was, uh, again, they understood also. They saw potential in their kid. They saw the love in their kid. But those, again, like I said, yo, I want to reach out to even, even all the white families that are out there, the black families. It doesn't matter. Any of these families that are out there, don't be surprised about your kids. You got to know who they are. Yeah, absolutely. You got to know who you are, especially nowadays, the social media world and the cameras. And uh, long, long story short, it was, we're doing this all. Um, I meet Jackie, right? And I say, you're going to be my savior. I'm not supposed to be drinking. For six, for six uh, months, I asked her out on a date. And she told me to get the hell out of here. She's no dummy. No, she's no dummy. <laughs> she's seen, she seen what it was. You know what yeah, I mean? right. But unbeknownst to me, too, also, she's, she's like, like, the chest ain't fucking impressing me. No, 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 no. But deep down inside, it was, though. It was. She just wasn't going to tell me that. Uh, I asked, arms, nothing. No, I asked, I asked her out every night. Uh, matter of fact, I would go in there and close down the bar with her, right? And again, not supposed to be drinking or driving, but I was. Right, because I was invincible. I had just I, I, again. This is just me. I will do a job, um, even if it means getting married or trying to find a bartender. I have a drinking problem. I go to the bar and I had to marry the bartender, because my wife never drink. She's the sober bartender. Wow. Right, and I told her. I said, you, I don't think there's many of those. There's no, 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 no. Yeah. She, she is my savior. She's my savior. Um, six months after I started trying to get a date with her and her denying me, she finally says, Chad, hey, I have time after work. Two in the morning. I got to be at work at seven. I've got time after work if you want to go out. I said, I don't have time, but I appreciate it. She goes, it's like that. I go, well, you just told me that for seven. Mind you, I did break in that night. I did go have dinner with her breakfast, I guess <laughs> we would call it. Uh, we sat there and we talked a little bit. Uh, I did get a chance for a second date with that. We went to the Blue Moon or whatever, a Blue Hound or what it is, on, on McClintock and Ray or whatever it is, Blue Tortilla, some shit. Uh, we go in the parking lot. Uh, it's a blue. What is the, the blue? blue burrito? No, not no. Blue burrito should be on their thirty seconds. That's Rosie knows guy. Yeah, Lenny, uh -huh. Lenny's the best guy. Uh -huh. uh, not this uh, Ray. Clinton and yeah. Ray. Uh, no, no, Dobson, Dobson, Dobson and Ray, right there by the, the Peter Jungle. That's uh, over there. I don't know that. Yeah. There's like a Mexican restaurant there. So whatever. Okay. So we so we in the parking lot and um, yo, know, she goes in for the first kiss. She's like she was waiting for me to kiss her and I'm like whatever. I, you know, again stupid shit. Yo, know, we're hanging out with all these people. So this is like high school stuff. Um, so I do, anyways, end up getting a kiss and I pull out my file and say, look at what I'm into right now. Right. Now, mind you, I'm half shit faced and all this stuff too. So why would you, with your first date, you're going to show your indictment packet to some girl. Strong move. Like, Hey, like well, strong yeah. move on your part. Like, cause, because if she'll accept you for that. Well, I, I that was kind of where I was at. You yeah, know, she no, had two, got two prior kids also. So, yeah. uh, you know, I knew what I was getting into at this time and I'm like, fuck, I think she's my savior, man. I really do. How old are you at this time? Uh, this is 2003, 2004, so I'm 30. Okay. Yep, so I'm starting my new decade. Just, so this is the new you. Yeah. Yep, this is the new me coming in, right? Um, I knew that was it. I'm still out. I'm still out, though, because I'm in pre-trial still. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I hang out with her. She's by my side. She, I can't leave my house because i got to be in my house at 10 o'clock at night. I had a curfew, right? Didn't have an ankle bracelet, but I had a curfew. 30-year-old man with a 30-year-old man. Curfew. Yep, with a 10 o'clock curfew. Fuck that. Yep. Oh. Telling me what to do. I had to go, I had to go do piss tests every day. Yeah. Wow. Every day. Right. Well, and honestly, like that's probably what you needed, right? All day long. Yeah. It was my reaction to my action, my response. Yeah. I had to respond to it all. Um, so she stayed with me. Uh, you know, the kid had the kids had. She had a great nanny. She was a very successful eighteen year old. She had her first kid at eighteen, and she at that time she had a little rough upbring, uh, rough upbringing herself. You know, dad and mom divorced, and she moved out here with dad, and and uh, she she basically had to fend for herself and live and grow herself, and so. I noticed that she was not that stripper from Scottsdale. Yeah. She was not that pushover. Uh, she's Italian from New Jersey. Arm sleeve tattoo and the whole thing. 
Well, she's like a real fucking. She's like, a badass. Yeah, yeah. She's a badass. She yeah. boxes. A real person. She's a. She'll tell you how it is, and she don't give a shit. Right, and that's well, one. Plus, she's a mom. She's like, and, I, and I, she, she had no time to play fucking games. Right? She didn't have time to play games. Yeah, like, right? and she goes, is. I already got kids. I don't need another one. I'm like, no, I need you. I need you. Uh, so she did. She stayed with me. Like um, a legitimate adult. She knew everything. She was, I'll help you out. I mean, you know, obviously she saw something with me that she liked or whatever. And so we have all this going down. I go, my DUI issues with it all, my, my federal indictment coming down. Um, next thing you know, I get sentenced. I got to go to sentencing, right? And I don't know what's open. I got an open book from probation to three years in prison. For which one? For my federal one. Okay. okay. The state one, they're going to give me eight months to run concurrent with my federal time. Okay. If this all works out, I got my court cases to be one day apart. So Tuesday, my dad and I fly on a plane to Hawaii. I go to court. The judge sentences me to 36 months in prison. Right? I hear the gavel, slap, smack, 36 months in prison. Right? Uh, at that time, <clears throat> he tells me that I can go over to my bail revocation hearing as well. Right? So now I've got $25,000 sitting on the table that they want to revoke for my bail. The judge allowed me to self-surrender to the marshals in Phoenix at, for my 36 months of, of incarceration so that I can be closer to my family. So they could still revoke my bail, though, and keep me in Hawaii. So, I mean, I put myself in these worst positions, yeah, but I'm like, how does I, how do these things even happen? Because, again, I didn't care, right? I go there. I, thankfully, I don't look like that person. I get a self-surrender, and I get to keep my bail alive so they don't take it all. Perfect. I fly back out on the plane that day. I go out here, or that night, uh, the next morning, I take it back. We leave it early morning. You still drinking right now? Nope, no, 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 okay. no, I'm done. No, because I got Jackie now, and she's like, I'm not putting up with this shit. Yeah. I'm not doing it, right? She told and so straight that up. was my whole thing, you know. Good for her. Uh, just I jamming like her. on it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, like yeah, yeah. Now, there was a little period of time, you know, that I, or initially, like during the six months, you know, that I was supposed to go over there, and I was out drinking with my buddies, and I went over to her house like 12 in the morning, you know, hey, I'm here. It's like, you were supposed to be here fucking eight o'clock. You can get the fuck out of here right now. I'm like, no, but baby, <laughs> baby, can I sleep on your couch? I can't drive, you know? Yeah. So she she was my savior, you know what I mean? She, she's my everything. So um, I get since 36 months, maybe. What am I gonna do with my girlfriend? My 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 future that I'm looking at. You know, we got the two kids and all that that she's got. Uh, uh, you know, being part of their lives now. That's that's what was missing in mine. But I'm 30 years old. I'm 30 years old. Uh, so uh, she takes me down. I, I I fly in. I go right from the airport at Sky Harbor. I go right to the uh, Maricopa County Superior Court for my sentencing of my DUI because the other one from Hawaii is not in. It was only on, on Wednesday. Now today's Thursday. So And we knew this was going down. So long story short, that all worked out. So I go 36 months incarceration, right, for both crimes, whatever. Nice we play, though, dude. Well played. It was thought of, it <laughs> yeah. was thought of right? Yeah, uh, it, it, I had a plan. Yeah. The next morning, she takes me down to the building and, you know, talk about stress or whatever. Uh, she drops me off at the curb and says, hopefully I'll see you in 36 months. Damn. <laughs> I take myself. I walk across the street to the, the Marshall's building, the federal building downtown, the right. nice glass building. Yep. Uh, walked upstairs to the marshal and said, hey, my name is Mr. Dunn, and I'm here to check myself in. Here goes three years. So I don't know what's going to happen. They sent me back out to FCC, or that CCA place. Yeah, I was going to say, where do you go? So I go back to CCA out there. I'm sitting there. That's just, in Oklahoma? No, no, that's out here in Florence. Okay, yeah, out here in Florence. So I'm sitting out there for about, uh, uh, let's see, eight weeks, I want to say. I'm out there for about eight weeks. Just in misery. Just in misery. It's, it's just disgusting. You know, shit happening. People get killed, you know, stabbed, fights, you know, just... 
just stuff that goes on that you just don't want to know. Um, but for me, obviously, again, being a bigger statue, all that stuff too, and being a uh, a person of, they're not, no way mess with me. They're not going to say nothing, you know. And I stay to myself anyways too for the most part. You you know what you got to do. There's a couple of the shot callers that you, you introduce yourself to and you talk to. Um, but you just let them know that, hey, I'm here to do my time and, and whatever goes about and goes about. Uh, so I'm there. Uh, she comes to visit me. I got to speak with her through a telephone, through glass, because now I've been sentenced. I can't touch her. My family, you know, the kids, you know. Uh, it was a really humiliating place in your life, you know, sitting there like, damn, this sucks. So I'm there for the eight weeks. I get transferred. They send me out. They sent me out to Safford, Arizona. So there's a minimum security prison out in Safford, Arizona. They're sending you to nice places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did I not get, realize there's a federal uh, facility down I, there. Yeah, right, right on the backside of Mount Graham. Okay. Yep. So it's a minimum security. Um, a lot of white collar crime over there. Because technically, uh, yours would be considered a white collar crime. I, I pled to money laundering. Yep. Because that, okay. that was my. I don't want to do anything with the drugs. That's not my deal, and whatever. I, that yeah. was a thing of my past, and, and it, again, also a thing of my future. So the drug aspects of this, I wanted to make sure that I was out. So I took a plea for money laundering. Uh, that gave me the 36 months. Uh, the judge said that, Chad, you did not do yourself any favor on the two violations of pretrial, or I probably would have gave you probation. Wow. Fuck. So I had a chance. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I screwed it up. Yeah, for sure. But I'm glad he did, because you know what I needed? I needed 36 months. If I would have had 24 months, I still wouldn't have changed. Really? Really? Nope. I tell everybody right now, for part of my mental performance and my recovery, um, I've worked with a lot of people to get them to uh, uh, John Junker, the head of the CEO of the Fiesta Bowl. I was with John through his whole incarceration period before and after. Um, I got that my buddy that just got done. Uh, he just served 19 years in prison for marijuana. Uh, he's out of Canada. Uh, you, a uh, Wyoming football player, uh, just got caught up. I was in there with a bunch of athletes over there. Uh, the Phoenix Mountain Preserve that got set on fire out here. Mm -hmm. I was in there with him. The really? Gentleman, the gentleman that set it on fire the whole yeah. time. Um, uh, we know I, who that is. <laughs> the Unabomber. I was in there with, or not the Unabomber, the, the Bakersfield Abortion Bomber Clinic. Wow. And I was also in there with the guy that, that termed going postal. Right? The old really? Time, the old timer that blew up the post guy. They were over with me at Safford there. Um, that's in a minimum security. That's in a yeah. That's in a that, that it's in a minimum. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't add up. Yours adds up, but yeah, that yeah. shit doesn't oh, no, add no. up. But those guys have been there for 12, 12 15 years. Uh, the fire guy, he been there for uh, I think he was there for like eight or something like that. You yeah. know, uh, so what a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was it was different to see. You know, it was different to see. So now, um, I get to my home, which is in Safford, Arizona. I got three years there. I'm just gonna do my thing, whatever. Well, we have a track. We have a weight room. Uh, we've got basketball courts. We've got personal training. We have a college. Eastern Arizona Community College goes out there. Uh, there's the head football coach, or not the head football, the, the defensive coordinator for the Eastern Arizona football team is actually a coach or a teacher that teaches uh, economics, business and marketing inside the federal prison over there. So I signed up for college. Uh, I nice. got an associate degree while I was in there uh, for business and marketing. I made fact of my time. Uh, I've got two good friends. I've, well, I've got three good friends that I met from there. One of my guys, Robbie, like I said, 19 years. Another guy, Lance, that's out here in Phoenix. Uh, he was taking stuff, transportation stuff back and forth. Um, matter of fact, we sat next to each other at the highlighter uh, many <laughs> times. And we, we did the same shit together. Unbeknownst, we became friends when we got to the penitentiary, to prison. Um, so uh, going in there, uh, now you're in the federal system. It's not as much as the race segregated stuff that's in there. Uh, life inside those walls. I'll tell you, there's a lot of stories that I can tell you from there. Uh, some of them are true, some are bad that you see in the, in the movies and all that stuff. Um, there's um, 
it's a power. It's a power thing. Uh, I hadn't. I got in a couple fights with the white guys, uh, just myself, because they thought they were all badasses from California. They had the swastikas and they had the lightning bolts and they had all that stuff. I don't give a shit, dude. That's just not me still. Right. Um, you know, they want to take me front and try to, everyone tries to punk you, but again, from being wrestling and, and being slash knucklehead, go ahead. You know what I mean? I'll take on yeah. anybody in there. I don't give a shit, you know. Uh, uh, you know, my, the Arizona boys run the federal system in there. It's not the whites or the blacks. It's the Arizona boys because you're in Arizona, and most of them are the Southsiders. Okay. Do you know any of those guys? I, now I do. Yeah. yeah, now I do. Right. Yeah. Yep, now I do. Um, I, I, I probably bought from them in the future. Yeah. When I was down there in that period of time doing the crack and all that stuff. Um, uh, so I knew the whole lifestyle that was in there. And then speaking Spanish, uh, actually, to tell you the truth, they were the guys that were the best in there because they d kept their shit clean. They lived by a code of conduct and a standard that don't fuck around and we don't fuck with you. Uh, there was none of that homo stuff that goes on there. There was, yeah. there was races in there that, that is very prevalent, uh, which is just <laughs> disgusting. It stays out the way. Uh, at Safford, one of the things that was hard for me, uh, we were there with all the sex offenders. Mm. We had 60% of our population were sex offenders. Whoa. And they did that because they don't want some of these people that have been in some of these bigger things to be around other true inmates. Right. Uh, that was not doable. I mean, it, it was tough, you know. Uh, there's some things that I think that we're second chance forgiving for. Obviously, you know, as a convicted felon, I will give everybody a second chance, but there are just some things that I cannot do. I would tend to agree with you, my friend. You know, so. uh, and, no uh, women, no children. No, and unfortunately for those people, I, I might be basis and I might be stereotyping or whatever, and you might be a good guy, but just the code of conduct and the living and having kids and daughters and even boys, myself and sons. Yeah, I mean, sure. now it is what it is, you know. Uh, with Jackie and I, we got a 17-year-old, uh, so chased him. He's a football. He's a quarterback. Uh, he's at Gilbert High right now. Probably playing receiver. Hell of an athlete. I'm trying to get to him. Uh, part of this whole thing, too. My oldest kid, he got in trouble here after I got in trouble. He got hooked on fentanyl. Wow. Uh, even though you're the good dad that you've been through all this, and I can help everybody else, but I can't help out my own kids. You know, it's never going to happen to my kids. Even, I, even right in front of them, they know my story. And they didn't. Uh, my daughter, the same thing. Right? Uh, so she, they're both doing great. My son, he uh, got... Uh, in a little incidents here, he got out of his little thing, uh, which again, there's there's family destroy destruction that happening daily, you know. There's not always roses and gravy people see, um, you know. And this is part of the whole story behind me. I go to work every day positively to move. I work with a lot of professional athletes. I work with a lot of who's who's. Um, this is the first time that my whole true story has come out today with this whole deal. But because I've built the relationship now, um, I got out of prison in 2007. I who did, gives a fuck if I, well, someone doesn't want to hear it? I, I did my time. I did yeah. my time right now. Um, I did a lot of soul searching, man. I found out who I was and what I needed to do. Uh, my first day, uh, we were in there about a year. We were in there for most of the time, but it was getting hard on Jackie. It was getting hard. She says, I don't think I'm going to come up and see you anymore. That's probably a tough thing to wow. hear. Wow. Perfect. I mean, I, and I got to go with that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I got to go with that because uh, you were living life on the streets and life of doing whatever to coming up here and having to do that. Plus, the, the, the guards, they treat the, the visitors more like the inmates than they did us, you know. Um, so that was, that was a, kind of the hard thing. So she's like, I, was, I didn't put myself in this position. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not doing this shit, right? Um, so now it's my turn to get released, man. I'm going through all my stuff. Well, I've got a hold on me because I did not show up for my sentencing for my DUI or my state case. So they won't give me early release. So I have a chance to get out in 30 months. But they won't do that because I didn't show up for my sentencing for my, my state case. We already had all going together. But my, you had already surrendered, right? I've already surrendered on yeah, that. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. So I'm like, what the heck? So I, I do some investigating, much as you can from inside the prison. You know, so I had my, my wife or Jackie and I had my mom and dad at the time help out. 
uh, Jason, my, my attorney at the time, uh, what the hell's going on? And so I get to his law firm. He's now hired by his, his aunt. And so he's working with her. Uh, my attorney became a crackhead. My attorney became a meth head, wow. a gambler. He was going to court in the same suit from the day before he dropped my case. Uh, this is my high school friend that's involved. There, there's a pattern. Guys involved with the cartel. There's like, a pattern. Wow. There's a story. Yep. It's it's out there too. For yeah. Like, like in the news, ended up like he was he was working with the cartel. Ended up marrying the girl yep. from the cartel. Yep. Yeah. Keystone little... phones. They're not Keystone phones, but like bringing phones and shit like that. Fucking crazy shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. rad. Again, you wouldn't expect him either. No, he's a little tiny guy, like just kind of, kind of slickster, yep. kind of dude or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and so now he's super smart guy su- too. Yeah, super smart. Uh, he graduated a four point two guy GPA in high school, went down to U of A first year, had a zero 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 zero. He entertained <laughs> any party, right? So he had to come up here and he had to drive down from Tempe to Tucson every day to go to school the next day, right? So they, 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 our parents, they loved us, you know what I mean? But it was, unfortunately, there was just a group of us that we knew we would probably be successful. We just had to take a couple of different hurdles in life. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I talk about not... Put it. Well, they, they say that life is not a race, it's a marathon. It is. And I, I don't agree with that, though. It's a hurdle race. It's not a marathon. It is oh, a, yeah, because yes. you're obstacles all yeah, night. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I tell all my people right now, I'm like, it's a hurdle race, man. It's, it's not a marathon because a marathon, there's no hurdles in front of you. You're just running. 3,000 meter steeplechase. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> well, so now, yeah, yeah. So step in some fucking water. It was three years. Of, uh, but now here's the thing do you slow down all those hurdles as you hurdle over them? Or you did hit him full speed and just jump over him. Keep going. Yeah, right. go over. Yeah. So that's where I was at, right? That's kind of where my whole mindset came in. So did you fulfill the go the full thirty six uh, months? In so the end? so I go in there. Uh, I, I'm living now the, the luxury of the the, the the minimal prison, right? I've got walkie talkie. I got headphones. I got Nike flight suit. I got Reebok pants or, or shoes. I'm working out every day. I'm eating good. We're lifting. We're doing all of this yeah, fun you're stuff. Yeah, probably pretty good fucking shape. Oh, right? oh, great shape! All I did was exercise. It was perfect. <laughs> you know, I went to. I just we jammed all day long. You know, my buddy he deadlifts 785 pounds, no straps, no nothing, straight up. How much does, you weigh? Does that for 220? As Robbie. That's good. Triple, triple. Yeah. Yeah, and does that no straps, no nothing for three, for three. That's pretty big. Reps it out, right? And so we we stressed, we wrestled in there and the whole thing, you know. So we had like a little gladiator crew, uh, just to keep people tough, but at the same time to let everybody know, don't fuck with us. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I had some great friendships over there. You know, I met some good guys. Uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of more illegal stuff that you can learn in prison. Um, <laughs> but here's one of my best stories that I think that will come out of my whole prison aspects. You and I, people on the streets, we cannot hire illegal immigrants. You go to prison for it all. It is a crime if you hire an illegal immigrant. In the federal system, there's a thing called Unicor. It's a job that the federal system has that they, we produce the jumpsuits for the Navy and for the Coast Guard. Okay. So they have a big factory warehouse. It's sewing machines. You get down there, you go to work, you can make anywhere between probably 20 cents an hour to up to $3 or a fifty a zipper, Killing whatever it, it was. Wow. Killing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, I was, I had, uh, I did the classes, so I, I was able to do just the schooling and all that. So I really didn't have a job. Actually, I take it back. When I first got there, I did the construction stuff. Okay. First day. Now I'll, I'll get into that too. That was a funny story. So, anyways, Unicorn. These people that are there for long times, ten years, twelve years, fifteen years, they have these places and these spots solidified inside there. Most of them, ninety percent of them, are Mexican nationals for drug crimes that are in there making eight hundred dollars a week. From the federal government, I always said we needed a guest worker program. It would be so it would be so perfect here. Uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. you have like the, you have the citizens that are trying to get these jobs or trying to do even yeah. inside the system, and they don't get the jobs. Right. And I'm not. I, I love Mexicans again. Speak Spanish because they fucking work hard, right? For sure. A lot of the white guys in there they didn't fucking want to work. Perfect. Yeah. 
But again, I just the principles behind everything. If we can't hire them, why can you hire them? But again, right. it's behind the doors. People don't know this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right? So there are some stories to be told from just inside there type deal. Yeah, right. Um, when I first got there, you're going to have to go through your orientation. You're going to have to do all the stuff. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. I had this guy look like Porky Pig. He's banging on my bed. Done. Get up. You're with me. I'm like, oh, shit. Here we go. I didn't know where I was going. I went to the construction crew. I get to build things. Right? I built a visitation center out there. Right? I was a lead guy that was on there because I'm working with all these knuckleheads. I had no knowledge. You know, they were, right. they were not smart. So I, I was probably one of the smartest guys out there. No, no offense. Uh, just doing some things. Now, again, we had white collar crimes. Those guys were smart too. Um, yeah. But on the construction side of whatever. And you had experience. I had experience. And yeah. it, it was awesome, man. It helped me take my time, you know, and I got to do all that. So that all gets done, right? Perfect. The, uh, it, it was a great time in my life. It is what it is. But now it's time for me. I get out. Uh, Jackie says, I don't know if I want you coming home to the kids because I was going to get released to her, right? And she says, I don't know who you are. And I don't want you coming around the kids. We, we don't know, right? So that was damaging to me. But at the same time, I understood it all because, again, there's a reaction and how do you respond with it all? Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm fine. I'll figure out a way because I'll show you what I'm going to do. You can release me to my parents, right? That's fine. I'll go back to my parents at 30. Now I'm 32 years old, right? 32 years old. Uh, I'll go back to my parents' house, do what I have to do now because I have a plan. I'm going to make this shit happen. Uh, my parents picked me up from the prison, and the first place they said, they said, take me to Dirty Drummer. I got to go see Jackie. She didn't know I was coming. I walked right in the door, and I said, here I am. Let's go. And she looked like, holy shit. And I kind of could see like, the, the, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like he's here type deal. Uh, that night, she brought me a cell phone. I had to go to a halfway house. Right, so I had to stay there. In between was a halfway house. I tried to get out of it. Nope, but you're a, a convicted felon and all that stuff. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I got to do what I have to do. Uh, I took a, a bus, the public transportation. I did not drive for the first time, right, because I couldn't. I took the Hold bus. Hold on, you're listening? I'm listening. <laughs> I told you this is... Now, again... Wait a second. I, you're actually following the rules? What I, the fuck's wrong with you? I use the word rehabilitated. <laughs> I am rehabilitated, right? I take the city bus to 42nd Street in Thomas to where my work is. I get off on the bus stop and I walk right to work. First day. First day back out of prison. I got a job. We're starting off on the right foot. Yeah. I love those guys, right? I love them, man. They gave me my job back. They gave me all that stuff. They gave me a new light. As I'm working, I'm in the... How cool is it to walk back in there knowing that, the, that even though you fucking did all that shit, that someone's like, hey, it's all right. Come the the feeling of acceptance and the feeling of love, which is what I try yeah. to give everybody right now, you know, was huge. Was huge for me. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the things that they have done and, and just... And now, don't get me wrong, it was a little uncomfortable at first because the last time I was there, the marshals walked me out of the back. Wow. Yeah, right? yeah, right. As so, it should be. Yeah, 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 it yeah. yeah. But, but if you're not uncomfortable, you ain't learning. Yeah, I agree. And so I walked in there and I learned right now, right? And so I voted and I told them, I'm going to give you everything that I got, man. I'm going to give you everything that I got. Time to pay it back, right? Time to pay it back, right? And so I did, you know, um, we helped do some stuff. We remodeled, we did some construction. Um, I got to work around all the cool people again. At this time, uh, Jackie and I were together first year. It's kind of rough. I love the shit out of her, but she doesn't know if this is really what she wants. Yeah. It's hard on us, you know, because mm. I don't know you. You've been gone for three years, right? I've only known you for like six months before you went to prison anyway. Seven yeah. months before you went to prison. Actually, we've lived longer than that. Um, but what, this is, you know, we, I don't even know if this is my future, the whole thing. You can't um, blame her, right? You know, I, yeah, don't blame I, her I see her view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't blame her at all. Yep. Um, but I know this is what I want. Yeah. I can't say that's what she wanted. So it was a little rough at first, you know, but I tried to do everything. Um, you know, uh, my probation, I could not spend anything over $500 or else I had to get approval from the federal government to do that. 
Wow. I had to give them my bank statements. I had to give them anything that was financial. I had to give them for three years. I got a term of three years probation. That's fucking crazy. So like buying a car. I went to go buy anything. a couch. I went to go buy a couch. And she said, you know what? You can't buy a couch because it's over 500 bucks. And I want to get a kitchen table for my house. But I'm not going to prove you to get that. God damn. I did break a rule. My parents bought it and we paid them back. <laughs> so I did break a rule right there. But again, that was for comfort living. No, no, that you was for comfort trying, living. You found right? a loophole. Right? Yeah, yeah, but, but um, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, so I'm sitting now. Now it's like, you know, this is, but Chad, you put yourself here. I had to go drug test every day, every day again, right? Which is fine. I did it for six months. Um, the problem was my wife had to take me down there or Jackie had to take me down there. And she had to take the kids to school. And she had to take me and go pick me up. And she had to come and get me. It's too much. It's too much. But she loved me, I guess. You know, we, we got through everything. Um, I worked for those guys uh, right off the bat. My first client's back uh, was part of the guys of the DEB group for Phoenix Police. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. What Drug, is enforcement Drug enforcement. Drug enforcement. Okay, I gotcha. Yep. So uh, the guy was the, the, the undercover for the Southsiders, Mexican Mafia. Yep. I got the undercover for the Aryan Brotherhood, and I got the crackhead that goes down to South Phoenix. Those are my clients for therapy. They all got hurt. Here's a convicted felon working with them. Don't get the right guy for the job, though. Well, they got no idea. I'll give yeah. you everything I got, right? Uh, matter of fact, uh, Mikey, one of the, one of the guys, uh, there's another story behind this. Mike Maya uh, was the guy that was with the Mexican Mafia. His wife just got in trouble for taking guns out of evidence. This was about three years ago. Uh, and so you know, this is a whole environment around here, and these are all good guys. I how's mean, your How's your self esteem at this point? Like, are you starting to feel better about yourself? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, hey, I'm fucking, like, I'm not fucking up anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My self esteem was always there, but that's what led me to get in trouble. No, I'm not fucking up anymore. Um, right. But I didn't have any chances at this time yet, right. really. You know, because Jackie had me such unwrap, and I was not going to waste anything for her. Right. It wasn't for me now. This is for her and the kids. Right? What was your first big test afterwards to to where you? Where you chose to do maybe the the right path versus maybe decisions you'd have made later. Uh, previously, once I got out of the halfway house, I went back to my folks' house. I had to go there. They released me early. Um, I I had I was in there with a a native guy that was in there for about a year because he didn't have nowhere to go and he wasn't going. He was just disrespectful. I'm like, dude, I just got out of prison. I have no problem going back. You know, if you want to continue disrespect, because what gets me also these inmates they live this life of respect, but then on the streets it's disrespect. You know, so how do you, how do you get by that? Yeah. Uh, if you're going to respect somebody, respect also. Again, with me being on the streets respectful, it was a lot easier for me to get into the system uh, and be fine and then also bring that back out. So now when I see these people, I'm like, you're not a true criminal then, you know, because you, you should be who you are. The, the respect goes both ways. But my trying moment, I guess, you know, um, uh, after probation, I did three years, you know, and I, I did it the best of my ability, man. I did everything I had to do. And I it guess was, what Chris is asking, though, was there ever a point that you got into a situation where, like, where, you, where you wanted to do something? Never. Never, not when I got out. You're a I cold would, turkey guy. Well, yeah. well, well, so here's the deal. So uh, I did all these alcohol classes, obviously, with the 60 UIs that I had to go through. They put me through the counseling classes, and you had to do all this. You got your addiction issues going on. Uh, I had one thing that I had to do for the state is I had to go to one more counseling, cla- counseling class. I'm like, here we go again. After I left those every time, by the way, prior, I went and got a beer. Because there were sob stories about, you know, I lost my kids, I'm prostitute, I have a gambling addict, a heroin addict, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, no, I like to go to Scottsdale and have fun and party. <laughs> right. You know, I don't belong here, right? I don't belong here. I'm not that book. I'm not that cover. Yeah. Um, so I go to this last one. I have, and I'll never forget him. His name is Scott, a short, red-haired gay guy. I'm like, this is going to be fun, right? This is going to be yeah. fun. It is what it is. The funniest gentleman that was out there, he sat down on us and he goes, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you all right now. You'll never hear me use the word addiction. That's not why you're all here. And I'm like, but I've been told for like so many years that it's an addict. I'm an addict or whatever. That there's a word addiction that's behind it all. And he goes, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you how easy this is. It's all about choices. 
I tend to agree. It's all about choices. If you have the word addiction, you're going to relapse because at some point in your life, you are not going to be responsible for that. You're going to say that it was that inner thought that chose you to do that. And there's a scapegoat. It's never my fault. It was my addiction. He did not do that. That was the first guy, counselor, professional that I ever spoke to that said choices. And I thought, fuck, life is this easy? I was just making the wrong choices? I always thought I was an addict at this time. Uh, yeah, actually it is. I'm like, I'm like I, never, I never knew that it was just black and white. There was no gray. You know what I mean? Right. Yes and no, there's no maybes. I didn't know any of this stuff. Um, so did it actually get easier after that? A lot easier. No shit. Life, life got easier. Yeah, life yeah. got easier. I okay. mean, you know, there's a simple formula. If you do shit, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, um, I don't have any problems in my life right now. I don't have any issues because I do the right choices. It is what it is. I know. Um, I worked for one of those guys for so long. Um, afterwards, um, I just left there in 2017, right? So I got out in 2007. I got 10 years underneath there. That was the 10 years to prove to me that I'm ready to do this and take this to the next level. Um, I, we, we worked real hard over there. We did physical therapy. We did a sports performance. We did Donovan McNabb. I've had number one draft picks. Um, through my post-prison term, um, I now got into helping mentor people um, and to get them to, not, to either not go back to prison, whether it be from a convicted felon of a gangbanger, a drug dealer, an addict, or the CEOs of John Junker. Um, I give back to the society now, and I help out these people that, on life coaching. So, again, the sports performance, the physical therapy, I do life coaching. Uh, and then, again, this new thing is going to be with the mental performance side of it all. So that's my new platform that I'm doing this year coming up as we tie it all together because it's not one piece. It's the whole puzzle. It's the whole puzzle. Um, people say, how do you do this? How are you positive? How do you come up with this? Because I've already done it. Because I've already done it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a doctor. I don't have the college degree. Uh, you're not going to see PhD behind me. Do you uh, want to go back and finish or no? Nope. No. It's nope. Well, because what I've too far at, down the pipe. Well, right? it's too far down the pipe. I got too much in. I'm a business owner now. I have it all. I'm a non-provider owner of physical therapy. Right. Right. Which was always been one of my goals. That was one of our first podcasts that I did. It was called the Make Shit Happen. Tim King, which is doing our. We have a new episode series coming up. He did a Make Shit Happen project. Uh, I I told him everything. I didn't tell him about this part of the story. Like I said, his first time is coming out, so it's kind of cool. This is kind of a um, big part of the story. It's friend. a big part of the story. Right? <laughs> yeah. People just think that it was all gravy for it. All. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. There were some issues that I had to go through um, to build it. And this is move mind over virtual everything is what it kind of stands for. Um, as I'm out doing this and I'm helping people from the mountain biking community. Uh, one of my good BMX friends that I used to live and watch up to, his name was Eddie King. Eddie King was Mr. Diamondback with Harry, Larry, and all these guys. Eddie King took a mountain bike accident in Big Bear, California, and broke his back. Yeah. Oh, I remember following I've, following I've met story. him. He's actually yep. been to one of our races. Yep. Yeah. He's paralyzed. Do you know what Chris does? The, do you do the mountain bikes for the high school stuff? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. yep. Yep. So they started it. Debbie Kelso. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know so, Debbie. So yep. Debbie uh -huh. and them, those are my long-term friends. Matter of fact, you know, we, we've hung together and the whole deal. Okay. So that yep. was where Debbie and I would go back. Nice. I reached out to Eddie, uh, knowing that guy's back, knowing that I helped myself. And I've got myself out of trouble, and I've got years behind me. He did this. I want to say it was in 2000. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, we're six years out, so whatever, 2015. Um, I got Eddie. I reached out to him and said, hey, if you ever get to Phoenix, I'd love to help you. Right? And I grew up watching you. I've got your number plate, and i got your jerseys and gloves and all that shit. I have it all. Uh, Eddie came out here six months later in a wheelchair. I said, let's go, man. Let's see what you got. I said, what did the doctor tell you? He goes, he told me I'll never walk again. He got late cap Perthes disease. Uh, he had his right hip. He was in the process of getting his right hip fixed when he took the mountain bike. He had a camel pack on, and in the sleeve of the camel pack, he had a shock pump in there, and yeah. he had his cell phone. They put a new lip on one of the jumps at Big Bear. He went up. He landed on the backside of it all, on Case the phone, yeah. and put the knob into it all. 
uh, T11, T12, wow. uh, in incomplete spinal cord. Uh, we got him going. Uh, long story short, Eddie was back on a bike 354 days after his accident. It's pretty savage, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Too hard work. I remember watching him walk on your videos. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Got him walking. Uh, did a whole bunch of cool stuff. Eddie also went and had a hip replacement. Full functioning paralysis patient. That's walking with a full hip replacement. Wow. So now, me helping myself, these guys are helping me. If they can do this, so can I. So I had Eddie come in. Not three months later, uh, there was an incident out here where there was a sheriff's posse member that was trying to help out a Phoenix police officer in distress on New Year's Day, uh, right by Station 13 on 56 and Thomas. Mm -hmm. uh, I was working with Phil prior to this accident. Phil was the posse member. Uh, robbery went bad at the Pink Rhino Strip Club. They went up. Uh, pursuit happened. Uh, shit went down. Uh, the cop was shot and also was yep. Phil, the posse member. Mm -hmm. Phil was in the hospital for seven and a half months. Uh, I got Phil the first day out of his hospital. I said, if Eddie can do this, so can you. And so can I. So they were my support group. I was their support group. They did not know I'm a convicted felon. Nobody knows I'm a convicted felon except for me and my intermittent circle. Until today, right? Which is why this story is coming out there because I want people to know that you can change. Right. Uh, catastrophic injuries in life or catastrophic situations in life. It's all about your choices. There's no, there's no other way. You can bullshit all day long what you want to do. Uh, I have it right now. We've got a high, lot of high-level athletes that come in, and I try to tell them it's all. I'm sure that it'll all come out, but I'm going to let them know that this is going to make them better for everything. So I've got field grinding, getting him back. Uh, he got shot at 220. He came out of the hospital at 127. Wow. Skin and bones. Skin and bones. Uh, these two are jamming. I wish my life, my story was unfolding at this time. Like, this is my passion now. I'm building things. I'm helping them out. I'm mentally weak because of what I just came in. My esteem, though, right? I got mm -hmm. self-esteem, but really, I'm trying to make sure that I stay strong. Now I've got these guys coming back from paralysis with me. I've got these guys that are coming back from gunshots. Uh, one of our interns, Danica, she worked at the burn unit down in Maricopa County. She called up and she goes, I got this kid. I need to send you, Chad. I need him with your positivity. I need him with your mindset. Uh, Anthony was there was an oil tanker fire that that was uh 24th street in jefferson shut and down, i i know it well shut down the light rail system yep. mm -hmm. uh anthony was on fire for two and a half minutes got 70 percent burn of his body uh I, I just talked to anthony last night or the other day long time buddy of mine right how do you get somebody that's on fire for two and a half minutes uh 70 of the body how do you get them back you put them around a convicted felon that's trying to save himself and you put them around a paralyzed guy that's trying to come back and then you also put them around the guy that got shot. I got a support group. I got my wife, right, Jackie. Next thing you know, Jackie and I, we end up getting married. I remember. We make right it all. Now. Yeah, we make it all, right? We got the kids. Now, the marriage is rough, too, because it's like, well, shit, I don't know if I want this. That's what she tells me now. She's like, the first year, two years of marriage, don't let people say it's gravy. It sucked. <laughs> She's like, it sucked. I don't know if I want to stay with you or not. She goes, but it was disastrous, right? Um, but we worked through all that stuff. She's a hard cookie. I'm a hard cookie, right? I'm not going to let, but, but again, uh, she's in the, the New Jersey, so she wins a lot of times. So I, I had to let her do her thing, and it works out well because I know my choices. I don't know if you've heard, but vagina is undefeated. Yeah, they, well, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the strong ones too. She can, she can box too. So yeah, she can box too. So I know where I'm at there Water, too. Water, gravity, vagina, yep. undefeated. Uh, yeah, I, and, I, and I stay in my own lane. Right, that's where we go. So I got these guys there, uh, and then we had another one come in, uh, Crystal Rosanico. Okay. Yeah. Well, Crystal came in. Yeah. We know her. Yep. So now watching her whole story and watching her battle back, right? And this, so this is at, at the Rehab Plus, and I've got all of these guys, these athletes, you know. I've got... Uh, yeah, Derek uh, too, right? Yep, yep. And then uh, I got Derek Block. 
right? So when Derek, right was, tra- yep, Derek was trapped in his fire, yep. uh, uh, I got him in. Uh, he was sent to me from Danica and said, you got to go see Chad. Derek walked in a defeated fire guy. Uh, pale as that wall. My first question to Derek was what I asked myself, is this something that you want to do? And I said, yes, this is what I want to do. So I asked it to everybody. Uh, Derek said, this is what I signed up for. Phil, after he got back, he went right back onto the force. He had no problem. The other cop from Phoenix, by the way. Yeah. I, and I know that. I know him. Yeah. He took a PTSD leave yeah. right, for the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, there's some things. Uh, but they're, they're, they're tough times go away. Tough people don't. Right. My tough times went away, man, because I'm tough. You know, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to bail out. Right. And I'm sorry about it. You know, and I know things happen. But Phil's one of the strongest guys. I've only seen him cry one time. That's the posse member. Uh, he got cried when he got cleared to go back to work, to drive a truck. He's good old Southern, uh, good old Virginia boy. Right. Uh, so Derek comes in. I got Derek. Uh, he, he wants to do this. So I call up Anthony and I said, the next therapy Monday, you've you got to come in at nine o'clock. I got somebody to work out with. So I put Derek with Anthony, one of the victims and one of the saviors. Right. Uh, work them death, just back and forth. Right. Anthony said, look at me, man. I look like a burnt chicken wing. And Derek was like, let's go. I got you. <laughs> right. So the humor that's behind it all. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I can laugh about being a convicted felon because I've been there and done all that stupid shit. Right. You know what I mean? The stupid stuff that we've done. Uh, Derek, you know, uh, with Luke and, uh, helping him out with the whole mm-hmm. fire stuff, you know, whole thing. Yep. Um, Derek went back and he, you know, and again, kind of same thing. They put him in a hot house. They made sure that he was uh, able to go back. He got 40% burn of his body. Oh, yeah. uh, he got the fourth degree burn on his butt and everything just because yep. it burned through sitting down. I didn't know that those tourniquets, they're like steamers when they get wet. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it just steamed the shit out of him. This is the same time that the Fresno captain fell in the roof fire up in California. Yep. I remember that too. Uh-huh. Remember that? So, so I tried to get Derek to go over there and tell his story. Uh, so I was at the time I was trying to help motivate people to to break out these stories too. I had yeah. a, I had an inner story um, that I'm trying to tell everybody, but I'm trying to do it silently. Yeah. You well, know? you just weren't ready. I, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. Um, but now I'm 47th grade. Here I am. Uh, it's 10 years past everything, so you know I, I've got that to go. So it's actually longer than 10 years. But my 10 year past was when I started Move Human Performance Center. I had Derek, I had Eddie, I had Anthony, and I had Phil, and I helped them get back. Uh, they helped me get back. And so I was talking with Warren and Mitch. Um, they just weren't as passionate as I was at that time. Um, and I had knew that I had a whole nother life that I'm just creating. And I couldn't sit stagnant. I couldn't sit still. I was getting a little bit negative um, just from working and being around negativity, um, which is not me. So Jackie and I, we, we went to Colorado uh, to my parents' ranch with them all. And she said, here's the deal. Let, let's do this. Why don't you leave and open up your own? So it was a fear. That was a fear that I was going to do because I had security. I had a blanket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't get scared because I've already been through worse situations. I've already been through different situations. I'll make this one happen as well um, with a great support system. So long story short, uh, Eddie was kind of my guy behind move. This is a wheelchair guy, but it's also an athlete in motion. Yeah. Okay. So I have them all going back and forth. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Like yep. Before today, I'm like, move. Uh, yep. like, yeah, so no, the mind over it's everything. It's not about lifting for Eddie. It's about moving. Yeah. Right. For me, it's not about doing anything of learning. It's about moving. Right. You got to keep moving forward in life. Uh, so the move is just to stay moving. You cannot get successful being stagnant. Love it. I don't care what you do. Yeah. Um, and it's not about lifting. It's not about fucking stretching. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about just moving. And again, it's a mind over virtual everything. There's only two things that can stop you. That's faith and nature. You know, earthquakes, whatever, fires, whatever, and whatever your religious belief is. Those are the only two things. Other than that, it's your choices. And vagina. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. That's a hurdle. That's, yeah. That's a hurdle. Right? Well, you don't know. <laughs> Jackie said the other day, she said, failure is not a result. It's a choice. I agree. Choice again, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's a choice again. Yeah. So I opened up Move. Uh, I started off now, again, with the schooling. We talk about going back to schooling. This society that we're in right now, 
Um, when I open up move, I do a lot of corrective exercise. I do a lot of, uh, of work on the body as well because I've worked with these guys. I'm very well-educated, self-educated. I do research all the time. I take pride in what I do. It's all out there too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I, you know that, and I go to doctors. I learn to doctors. I've got a guy right now that's a surgical tech that I get firsthand videos from surgeries and all that stuff. So I, I want to know what I'm working with because I don't trust anybody else. I've already been in a situation. I don't trust anybody to do a job that I'm going to do. Uh, my dad always told me, if you want to do something right, do it yourself. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to do it myself. Physical therapy. Uh, insurance regulated. You do not get the benefits of what you do and the time of and the physical therapy. In my opinion, the therapists do not give everything that the patient needs. So I opened up Move to give patients what they need and also to do my performance training. Uh, I was the new Uber to physical therapy. Do not let nobody come to your house that you don't know and don't get in a car with a stranger. But we have Uber. So we're willing to let our guards down now for success or for progress. I am not the therapist. I'm not certified. I'm not a licensed therapist. I do not take insurance. I cannot bill insurance to do that, but I can get you better. I've done it. Here's my success. I've got it through me, and I've got it through my burn patients. I've got it through my, my spinal cord patients. I've got it through my gunshot patients. i got it through my ACLs. I'll get you better because I do my job. Well, there's some simplicity in that, too. There's no, there's no bureaucracy. There's no paperwork. There's no bullshit. Like, the people that want to come to see you, they want to get better. They right? want to get better. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and it opens things up for you. You're yeah. not constrained to what they're going to pay you and things like that. No. What no. You need. The problem was I got so busy doing that that I could not do my training job. And my wife was training. I did not ever want to work with my wife, by the way, but now she and I were business partners. <laughs> I'm with my wife 24-7, seven days a week. I love her to death. We have that relationship that's unstoppable and unbreakable. People say I couldn't, I have to have time away from my wife. I promise you I'm with her 25, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, well, I, and I love the shit out of her. And it seems like she is, I mean, truth be told, she's kind of the one that puts you straight. Yeah, she is. We're the yin and the yang. Yeah. Yeah. Right? She's got attitude. She's feisty. She's Italian. I'm laid back. Right, she she like everything, like every I little say detail you're laid for her. Back, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, she yeah. Yeah. she she deals with the insurance yeah. companies. Yeah. I feel bad for these insurance companies when she's with them all night. Yeah. I'm like, I Good would define her. you as laid back. But yeah. I'd say maybe more calm than her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. So so we yo so we got this up and running. Uh, long story short, one of my goals, the first podcast I did is I, we're gonna have therapy. So where we're at right now, uh, move human performance center and physical therapy. We've got we're just hiring another one. We've got two therapists on staff. We take insurances. Uh, they're two both doctors of physical therapy. Myself, I am the sports performance guy. Uh, I do a lot of social media. I do over marketing, all that stuff. I've got another employee, Kane Vieira, that works with us, uh, my wife, and then we have an athletic trainer that's on stand. So we have a, a six-employee staff. So I guess if you want to go from convict to CEO, right, help myself out with all this stuff. We're continuing to build right now. i got another platform for all the social media stuff coming out uh, and even for the mental performance side of it all. Uh, of giving back to speak into companies, to speak into families, to speak into whoever that needs to learn that, hey, there's a, there's a bad situation in everybody. There's a story, there's a dark side in everybody, but don't be quick to judge. Uh, don't be quick to give up on and make sure that you follow everything. Uh, the burn guys, uh, you know, there was another guy, Daniel Lyons. He was up in Montana on those big forest fires about four years ago, five years ago. He lost a bunch of his comrades. Uh, the fire actually came downhill on him and they were getting out of the way. Um, and he's got about 90% burn of his body. So I reach out with him, and I've got a thing with him. His, his whole uh, platform is called Forged by Fire. If you get a chance, take a mm -hmm. look at him. It's on Instagram. Uh, another one that helps out the northwestern area of the firefighting. People are afraid to touch people, especially mm. burn people. Yeah. Right? People are afraid to be around felons because we don't know, right? Uh, people are afraid to be around other people, right? So now we sit behind the desk, right? Now with the COVID and all that stuff is different. Last year for COVID, uh, everybody around the country shut down. 
but we at Move, we stayed open. We've got a camera that comes in that takes your temperature. We clean everything with a high-powered steamer. Uh, we have people, athletes from California, from New Maryland coming down. I mean, they, we have them from all over. Uh, it has not affected business of what I am or who I am. And so the strive for greatness, you know, make a difference right now. That's what, what it's all about for me is how can I make a difference in everybody um, from the mental standpoint of it all, the physical standpoint at all, and just even the social standpoint of it all. Um, Partying's a fun time, man. Scottsdale's a blast. Where's it the W two <laughs> weeks ago? Right? And I sit over there and I watch it. I did just watch it all because I go back there now. We just went back with my wife for her birthday, and it was fun to see the, the, the entertainment, all the just this, the knucklehead shit. Yeah, but people watching is the best for me. Oh, it's the best. It's I, the best. Like, I don't have to participate. I can just watch all day long. Well, right? they, they, that's all we do, yeah. you know. And the hard to sit there and think about. It. I see these. I see these athletes. I see all the stuff in there. Um, we've got uh, Arizona Compass Prep right now. They're number two basketball team in the nation, also. So we teamed up with them. Uh, we just produced, or, or Arizona Compass did, uh, number 12 in the NBA pick, Josh Primo, went to the NBA uh, this year. Uh, my whole big savior, I don't know from the south side of everything else, there's a guy, Ty Ty Washington, Arizona kid, a basketball kid. He's at the University of Kentucky right now. We just got him over there. He had a fight that he got into in high school basketball during the handshake line, socked a kid, bench clearing, the stands were clearing, people, adults were getting their asses kicked. It was a, it was a mayhem. Uh, he was a Cedar Chavez at the time, so he got suspended to AIA. He came over to the prep school system. Uh, I mentioned a little bit to Tai Tai yesterday, knowing that I was going to be here today, um, but he's a Southside kid. Uh, kind of helped direct him and keep him out of trouble. Uh, he went from number 100 in the nation to number 12 in the nation. He, great player. We have a great program. Arizona Compass is a great family. It's a great team, a great part that we're teamed up with. Um, they have these guys that come from different backgrounds and all that stuff. Little do they know, I can relate with them all. Yeah, they're gonna know now. They're gonna know now. <laughs> yeah, right. That is cool, though, um, man. And I want the program to know the leaders of it all. Uh, that you know, we all make either the kids, the athletes. Matter of fact, Saturday, Sunday night, I got a text Sunday night from the coach. I said uh, four of our players won't be there because they got to do some mental training because they got caught. I think sneaking out. Oh. And these are high level guys. These are high level yeah, guys. This yeah. is we prepare them for college, and then what I'm doing is I'm preparing them for life. Yeah, it, it's real simple. More important. Right? Uh, I was a kid too, right? We've been there. We wrestled. We fought. We did whatever we had to do. Um, we were knuckleheads. We snuck out. Uh, but n now's not the time. There's too much money to be involved right now. Go get that money. Go get the money. Uh, Ty Ty is a, a freshman at Kentucky. Uh, we we teach him now to be an entertainer. You're no more longer playing the love of the game, because if you play for basketball, the love of the game, you're probably not going to play it much longer, right? But if you play for money, which they're paying you right now, go get it, because now you're an entertainer. Um, that's where I want to be. I want to be an entertainer. Right. My job as a trainer, I entertain all day long. I've got a show. We, we have people that come back. I've got a new Paralyzed Girl right now. I don't know if you guys follow. Um, I, yeah, I, I saw Chris, that one Kristen's too. Journey. Kristen Muir. She Marco's uh, girl too? Marco's, Marco's, yeah, Marco's girl, girl yep. too. Yeah. Um, I've got six Paralyzed people walking again. Wow. Yeah. Fucking awesome, dude. That's right. fucking awesome. Extreme sports guys. Um, uh, I had a brother that had, got shot. Lifestyles of guns and drugs. He didn't know that, but he was Buffalo, and I helped him out when we first opened up. Uh, 6'4", 245, Buffalo was doing... I remember watching that. Rolling, too. rolling yeah. the dice on the corner. He got shot and robbed in the back. And he thought he was coming to some white guy to save him. I'm like, shit, we've been there before, man. I'm leaving the hood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but we got him going. For, he walked a mile for the first time in 19 years after I started working with him. Wow. Right. So That's these are things. Uh, Krista Muir, she was... Uh, it's got to feel good, right? It is, man. It's, 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 it's part amazing, of my recovery, dude. man. It's yeah. part of my recovery, right? Uh, every day yeah. that they get better, I get better. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. I never had a bad day. I never have a bad day. 
Like every day is good because I'm surrounded by greatness, you know. Um, and with that support cast, it's just really helpful. Uh, well, how do you feel bad for yourself? <laughs> you know, no, it's yeah, fucking yeah. people that, yeah. that like, yeah, no legitimately have fucking yep. like adversity to overcome. Like, yeah, you know, uh, like I said, Kristen, you know, Kristen went down. Uh, she was in a car coming down in January, that big storm that we hit up north. Uh, her and her, uh, at the time, was her boyfriend. They were coming down. She was looking down at the phone. Uh, they hit some black ice outside of Payson, went off the cliff. Oh, damn. So they got her upside down in the car. Uh, dogs flew out and whatever. She was still strapped in her seatbelt. Uh, she's got a uh, T11, T12, L1 compression, burst fracture, and an L2 burst fracture, incomplete. Uh, so during COVID, they took her uh, to, to Cardin's, did a surgery over there, emergency surgery. Cam Cox, New Channel 12, is a good buddy of ours, does a lot of stuff for us. Again, I've got a lot of stuff with the media that I have out there uh, with Phil, uh, Greg, our posse member. For Thanksgiving six years ago, we went down to the sheriff's compound and we did a special for ABC 15. Uh, what are you thankful for? And he was thankful for me to help get him back. So we're sitting front and center on our piles deal. We're in behind. We're at this table. The camera's not out of there. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows that I'm a convicted felon that let me through there. I wonder if that would have changed that. Maybe. Would they have let me not not let me in there? But I wasn't going to, because at that point, it doesn't matter to me. That's a thing in my past. But situations such as this that are up there. Uh, so Cam Cox, I do a whole bunch of stuff with some of the media and some of the new stuff. Perfect. We're selling the stories. We're here there, but it's not because I'm a bad person, right? Because here it's inspiration, you know? And I don't like to use the word motivation because I should not try to fucking motivate you. You should be motivated if you're around me. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's cool motivation. Yep, yeah. I'll use the word inspire because if I got to motivate you, I don't need to be around you, right? If you're motivated, then come see me, you know, and then I'm going to help inspire you. I'm going to encourage you because that's what we all do for each other. Um, and that gets into that mind over virtual everything platform. So with Kristen, uh, there was a special that went out with her. She broke her back. I reached out to her in the hospital. Uh, I started giving her things. I've got some messages. She's paralyzed. She's not going to be able to walk again. You know, I'm trying to give her all the stuff that I've given all my other ones. Uh, just treat yourself like a baby. You know, you got to relearn again. You got to learn to crawl. Wiggle your toes while you're in the hospital. Paint your toenail. The one that's cold, paint it blue. The one that's hot, paint it red. The one that you can move, paint it green. The other one, paint it yellow. Your sight, your vision, you're going to feel these things, right? So start working on some of the motor control. You know, the sensory nerves that are in there. We have a whole bunch of different systems that we're trying to attack here, but we're trying to reteach the body. I had to reteach myself. So uh, she said, can you call my mom? She hasn't been able to talk to me or whatever because of the hospital and COVID. She hasn't been able to see me. Catastrophic injury, spinal cord surgery, paralyzed. COVID will not let her mom in the hospital. I would have dressed up as a doctor and I would have gone in there to see my kid, you know, but she's 21, 22 years old, so she couldn't do it all. So I'm the correspondence guy kind of between. I'm telling mom, hey, I've got another guy that did this. Uh, Colton Neck was a freestyle motocross guy. Um, I'll show you the video after he, he got landed on, broke his back, uh, T11, T12, L12. Uh, he's back racing motorcycles again, right, doing box jumps, you know, the whole thing. Uh, he just broke uh, recently. He's, he was going through a rhythm section, a supercross trial. Uh, his front fork weld broke off, mm. and he broke T1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Kept 8 and 9 good, and then everything else was rotted down below. Uh, he's still back riding, by the way. Fucking maniac. So the mindset yeah, of yeah. going back to that was what kind of what was the mindset of getting me back in South Phoenix in the hood, right? We live for this stuff. We live for adrenaline. We, we don't understand what the bad thing is. So now we're taking that. We're funneling that positive energy. We're funneling it all around due to these stories that we've all had and the success of what it all is. Uh, Kristen got out of the hospital. She went to Barrows. She was doing all of her outpatient stuff at Barrows. I got her into move. You know, we've been waiting for that to happen. I'm not going to give you clinical stuff. I'm going to challenge you daily. I don't give you exercises. I give you challenges to compete. Right. And so, um, long story short, she's six months out right now. She's walking. Awesome. Right? My goal is to get her to kick a field goal again. Uh, she's the first girl on Friday nights to kick a field goal in AIA football. 
Oh, that was the Marcos girl. Marcos. Yeah, okay. fucking, yeah, that's her. Yeah, yeah. what a wow. small world. She's, she's on. Yep, she's on Sports Center. Yeah, uh, she's doing all this stuff. So her story is still out there right now. That's my latest one that I'm with. So if you guys follow along with Move Human Performance Center, uh, Kristen's journey, Kristen Muir, M U I R, that's out there. Uh, Mind over virtual everything on Instagram. I'll give you everything every day. I give a motivational speech. Uh, a quick little minute one. It could be from fear. It could be from success. It can be from whatever it is. But I try to start people's days off positively and with a purpose. Awesome. Because I don't think people have a purpose out there in life. They get too comfortable. We get too comfortable. Um, you know, it kind of goes to the same thing. You know, Coach Gibb, uh, one of the things that I got when we, were, we went to Florida for the national championships for basketball, we lost the number one by one point. Um, this year, we'll, I think we'll have a chance to go back to. We've got like eight four stars, and I think we got like four, four, four or five stars or something like that. Jesus. Uh, possibly maybe four NBA players on the team this year. One of our kids just got going to a 16U Team USA basketball. So my story is to help out these kids here. But Coach Gibb, uh, just a great guy to be around. You know, he helps out these kids. He's a Chicago guy. Last year when we were in Florida, he said, here's the thing. We were down by about 19. People started panicking. People started getting a little crazy out there. He said, here's the thing. Keep your cool. I can relate to that. I've kept my cool. Uh, he says, if there's a fire, we are not the type of people that are going to call somebody to put it out. We're going to put it out. And that's the mentality of the fire department. Right? And that's why I say I would always go back into fire department stuff because I have the mentality. I don't need nobody to help me out. Uh, I, I, I cut cold turkey. You know, I don't need nobody's help. I, I, I thought I was an addict because somebody tried to help me and they actually made it worse for me. If somebody would have just told me, hey, man, quit making the wrong choices, I think I choices, probably could have yeah. got done easier. Yeah. Um, but there, I got sucked into that whole habit of, of I think that I'm, I'm, I'm a problem. You know? um, but again, knowing me, I knew I was not that problem. So uh, the, the whole story kind of unfounded, but uh, you know, I wouldn't take anything back. You know, my, my days over there were good. Um, uh, the prison system, like I said, I, I took everything out of it. I learned. I got a degree out of it all. Uh, I met my coach over there. That was my teacher. I still talk to him to this day. Um, his kid plays at New Mexico State, so we go back and forth. Um, I've got a lot of NFL players. I got a lot of NBA players right now. Uh, I've got a lot of top level players that we train. Uh, performance uh, injuries. We do all the injury stuff. So um, it's a whole complete package that we're trying to bring to everybody right now. So the the who and what makes you is kind of what it what's all about. You know, uh, iron sharpens iron. That's true. Only if the two irons are sharp, though. True. Right. I can't take a butter knife and put those two together because you're probably gonna come out with nothing. Right, so I got a sharp iron in Jackie. I got a sharp iron in people that are around me, um, and they just keep it making me sharper. So every day, like I said, I don't look at it as years anymore. I look at it as in grades. So as in 47th grade, I am. Um, <clears throat> if this all unfolds right, with this whole podcast being released today, uh, our YouTube series will be going down. So we're going to do a fall series. We're going to continue it every Tuesday and Friday. We're going to drop videos of life inspirational stories that happen inside Move. Uh, it can be from a, a burn patient coming back. Uh, there was a little kid, Scotty. I just had another one. Uh, his dad was welding a gas tank. He was 14 years old, 12 years old, uh, welding a gas tank. And he said, don't run across that in case it sparks or it flashes. And sure enough, it did. And I got him on his arms and his chest and his and the whole deal. Um, his dad's having a hard time mentally coming back that, you know, the whole thing. So, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole family thing. You know, it's a whole family of different injuries. Um, but like y'all said, when you see the burn guy over there walking and I got a lazy athlete laying down, uh, you know, you, you kind of got to pick up your step a little bit, you know, uh, Eddie, you know, he's got, I think he gets 12,000 miles on his bike right now a year. He's, he's a big advocate for the e-bikes. Yeah. Uh, so we did a whole big thing. There's a, a YouTube video called the tools of empowerment on YouTube. Uh, it's done by Shimano. It's done by Oakley. Uh, it's a whole video on Eddie and Hill films produced it. It's all professionally done. Talks about his, those straight, guys are legit. Yeah. Dan Hill. Yep. Yep. Talks about his film that he has. There, there's stories of him and I and our recovery that's in there for it all. 
Um, so again, I've got a lot of these stories that are out there. I've got a lot of them that are out there themselves, but none of them have been in my inspiration. All right, today's the first one from my inspiration because everything else is normally about everybody else that I work with. Um, and so the accountability, you know, kind of taking accountability today, that's kind of what I'm here for too. Is This is kind of the final thing for me is the accountability for this to make me to go to my next chapter of whatever it's going to be. Uh, and everybody in life too. You know, I've got my kid right now. He's got some stuff that we got to get hold him accountable for. Uh, uh, I, I talked to another swimmer. I got a number three guy in the country. He's, he's 12 years old. He didn't show up for training yesterday and I called his dad. I'm like, what the hell? He goes, well, I was going to have him call you and coach Mike. He didn't call me. So obviously he's in some trouble, but they're trying to hold him accountable. So again, as the story lines out, you know, the accountability, I'm doing it today. I want them to do it all. I'm going to lead by example for everybody. Uh, we got a great support system. And then hopefully with this YouTube series coming out, you'll see different things that are happening inside it all. Um, our fifth year grand opening will be for move. Um, we had our first grand opening with the X Games. My guys, my brother-in-law was in the X Games. So we brought the BMX and the mountain bikes out there doing tricks. Uh, we had a customer appreciation for the third one. We had uh, a COVID year. We had a graduation last year at Move. We held a 2020 graduation for any graduating senior that wanted to come in. We opened up our doors. We gave out uh, diplomas. Eddie was my commencement speaker, <laughs> talking about, you know, everyone's like, I'm ruined with COVID. Well, no, no, no. He was ruined with paralysis, but it hasn't stopped him. So I brought back somebody to give them a full message. So we give back to the community. We're giving back to the people. Uh, and that's kind of what moves is my fifth year, if this all lays out right, um, I'm hoping to have a book done by May. I don't know if that's going to happen. The time crunch is kind of close to get that written. Uh, but then I'd like to have a book signing party for our fifth year release. So I've got to plan everything that I do. That's what's helped me get into this, which has helped me get out of it all. Uh, and it's something I'm going to keep following. It's awesome. It's a tremendous story, man. Like, yeah, really. I've known you for a long time. Like, I, I kind of knew the story at like a cursory level, but not in detail. And I think it's a story that always needs to be told. Like, I think it helps um, the people that you help, especially so, like some of the clientele where, from where they come from. If someone's more fucking... Relatable. It takes a lot of balls to come in here because now I can say it from sitting on my side, but yours even more balls to come in and tell that tell that dark side of your life. Well, you know, every every, every person's got a dark side. Yeah, and every person's got a story to tell. You know, uh, some the, are better than others. Some, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got I, I got I got in the book will be more detailed. I got some I got some cool details, man. But I saw some crazy shit. Right. I, oh, saw, some, oh, I saw some crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, this it, podcast could have been four hours a day for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah easily. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in the in the streets, uh, or also in prison, um, and just even in sports myself, you know, uh, one of my DUIs, I was with Marion Barber and I was with Eric Green. <laughs> wow. NFL Cardinal and I was with Eric. Yeah, I was with Eric. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not a knucklehead. I was with these guys. Um, so they, they story. I mean, they, they, these are fun and all this stuff, but that, that's the entertainment side of it all, but that, that's all detailed stuff. So I do, I know this is going to be a short one. I, I could make this for as long as we wanted to today. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's why I was asking you questions and whatever, whatnot, and how it is, but... Uh, you know, there's a big story to tell, but at the end of the day, like I tell people, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up, you know, and make the right choices. It's too simple. It's either black or white. It's yes or no. Well, you're a, you perfect, you're a perfect example of where you start is necessary where you finish. No, it, uh, it, no. you're not even done yet. No, yeah. no, no, I'm not done yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, move is up and running. Um, I have another opportunity in the making right now. I've got a three-year plan out already. Uh, I've got another one. We're going to team up with another big, big, big company that's worldwide. Uh, they want us to kind of join ventures with them and offer the, the therapy services, the medical side of all that. So... Again, this story helps out with them because they're getting back to the community. It's also another basketball program. So uh, I'm not done. I'm not done. Uh, this is just a new start with Move. Uh, I've got the platform developed. You know, the next thing, like I said, the mental speaking. You know, so I'd like to get up to kids, to schools, uh, to just people in general. You know, having you know the, the guys that are on fire, the firefighters that want to go back. Derek's first day back on the job, by the way, uh, he got clear to go back. 
at his first day, I said, I hope you get a cat stuck in a tree or I hope you get like an ambulance call. Just some, some shit. Like, because there's no fires in Arizona. There's, there's very rarely any fires in Arizona. Oh, we know. Uh, you know, I, we, we bust balls with them all the time. Uh -huh. We've got the best of them. How about Ronnie Barty? Yep. So Ronnie Barty, we've had Ronnie forever, you know, okay. since so 18 years of workman's comp and the whole deal. And Ronnie's the best guy in the whole thing. But, uh, you know, we've been around all these and, and the tough guys that come around. So with Derek, when he got when he was able to go back to work the first day, I said, well, I hope something comes out of this, you know, and I hope you're safe. Just get your heart rate up when the, the sirens goes off and the bells go off. Just let find out. I wake up the next morning. There was a mobile home fire. Him and Luke are standing out there with the hose and it was all torched <laughs> out. He's like, my first day back, I got a fire. Yeah. Like, what is that happening? But there was no fear for him. Uh, and I look at that. That was like my first day going back to work. You jinxed him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was my first day going back to work. So I set myself up, and I hopefully I set him up. Uh, Eddie, his first bike ride was successful. You know. But uh, you're changing lives, dude. Well, like, they, they, I mean, they're doing the work, life, yeah. but, you know, but, but you're the guy that's helping them, you know, guide them through all that shit. Yeah, on that level. But I also look at it on the vice flip side. They're the ones that are guiding me. For sure. Well, it's yeah, it's, yeah, totally it's really mutual. Yeah, so it's, it's, a totally, it, yeah. yep, it's a totally mutual thing with yeah. them all. So the more successful they are, the more they're going to make me successful. So we're going to keep grinding. So you know, at the end of it, just about making a difference. Love it. That's awesome. So yeah. on Instagram, what's the Instagram yep. account? Uh, we got Move Performance Instagram. We got Move Performance. We also have Mind Over Virtual Everything Mental Performance. Uh, so you can follow those at all. Um, if someone wants to get a hold yep. of you personally, somebody wants to get a hold of me personally, uh, Chad at MovePerformance.com. Uh, you can look at our website. It's moveperformance.com. Uh, we do sports training. We do sports performance, fitness. We do physical therapy. We do have one of the only full body cryo machines in Arizona. There's oh, 30 wow. of them. Yeah, in I the go nation. to cryo right down the street from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have, so the normal cryos is liquid nitrogen. Yeah. yeah. Your head's out. You're not supposed to breathe, breathe liquid nitrogen, yeah. by the way. So they tell you to look up. Well, if my body is hot from the bottom and it's open on the top, hot air rises, as we know. So by the time it gets to my computer, which is my brain, right, it's not getting cooled down inside there. So we got hooked up with a company called Mechotech out of Germany. This is a state-of-the-art first class. You take your whole body, you go in there. Yeah, I saw it. It's negative 125. Uh, it's all air-cooled. So it's a, it's a, basically it's a big, giant freezer. You've got earphones that are inside a headband. You've got to cover your extremities, your fingers, and all that stuff. It's full body from head to toe. You're in there for anywhere between three to six minutes that you can go in there for. You cool down your brain. It's a fight-or-flight stimulus. Your serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, all of your chemicals are secreted for any pain relief, uh, arthritis, uh, oxygen rejuvenation, muscle recovery. Uh, so we have that in there. So now we have everything basically covered from A to Z, uh, from the therapy to the recovery, uh, the sports performance to the mental performance. So that's everything. Uh, we're located in Chandler, Arizona Avenue, and Elliott. Um, but we do take everybody from around. I've got people coming up every Wednesday, Saturday, and drive up from Tucson to come train with me. It's awesome. Nice. I know there's somebody good in Tucson, but shit, I appreciate them coming up too. <laughs> you know, again, it, a lot of it's for the mindset too. A lot of it's for the mindset. So, but yeah, come, feel free. Uh, MoveHumanPerformance.com. Chat at MoveHumanPerformance uh, or chat at MovePerformance. You can reach me or follow us on Instagram uh, at MovePerformance and also Mind Over Virtual Everything. Awesome. Right on. I say, man, uh, I didn't think it was going to go this way today. Appreciate you coming in here. No, I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Really like, nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, we got similar with all the mountain bike and all that yeah, stuff, too. Yeah, exactly. born, so, but, uh, you know, the Phoenix Fire, we appreciate everything you guys do. You know, it's for the whole services and the community. And like I said, I would get everything back, too. And, uh, you know, the, the, the builders, my wife went to school as an interior designer also. So she <laughs> loves, we've, we've remodeled the two houses and we've remodeled Move and we've done all that, too. So, you know, it's just, uh, you know, rebuilding things all around. It's just cool to have you come here and kind of release your story to us. Like, I didn't think, you know, yep. 
thank you. I, yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Most people don't. And, you know, I've held it in for a little while just because I had to make sure that, you know, in the society, I, I don't, I know we're a second chance society, uh, but it's also very judgmental. You know, yeah. and I do with a lot oh, of yeah. I do I do with yeah. a lot of kids, and I do with a lot of well people, and I do with a lot of high powered people. So I don't want this to to harm anybody. This whole story is not to harm anybody. It's also to help everybody. Yeah. You know, sure. because there's a thing out there. It, it could be my kid. Yeah, it could be my yeah, kid. No so if anything, I can reach to the kids and reach to the parents. So the ones that do not believe themselves or do not think their kids are going to do it, uh, I was that kid. Yeah. And if people want to yeah. judge you, as we like to say, yeah, they want to judge. They don't need to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're here to make you better, not make you worse. All right, Stu, want to close this out? Yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to meet you and, and, and listen to your story. Greatly appreciate you sharing to the degree you did with us today. Um, you can find Make the Difference. Uh, today was definitely about making the difference uh, or where wherever you can get the best podcasts. And uh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. See you soon, guys. You bet you. I appreciate you having me. Later. <laughs>